0: Another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and this episode is episode 110, I believe. Today, I interviewed Josh G., the founder of the Creep Machine blog. He has a degree in art history and he also is an expert on social media, specifically Instagram, and how to get that insane algorithm to work for us. So I was very, very excited after completing this interview. I mean, I thought it was going to be a good interview because Josh is a cool guy, and he's been a huge supporter of the dark art scene way back before it was even really a scene. He's one of the first people... I know of that was championing championing this movement and but uh, the information he told me about during this interview about using Instagram was completely mind-blowing he's been telling me how to use Instagram properly for some time now and he's even written a, a couple articles about it for the web but it never really caught on so I think this This is just invaluable information. I think this episode is going to be probably the most popular episode we've ever done just because it applies to not only dark artists, but every artist who uses Instagram to promote themselves and their artwork. And anybody who uses Instagram, period. I mean, some of the stuff he talks about I've never heard before. And he works in uh the Bay Area, so he's uh working with all of these people, people who work at Facebook, people who work at Instagram I mean he's in that scene he's in the mix, so he's his mindset is completely like this is just common knowledge to him so anyway, I'm really excited about this episode. uh we had a great conversation went over two hours, so this is this is a really good one to listen to, folks. Okay, so before we get on to that, let's see, where am I at? I'm recovering from Monster Palooza. It was a really great show. Got to meet tons of fans. Sales were good. Lots of uh, talk about the Dark Art Society podcast, which was really cool. Very excited about that. I keep getting people all the time coming up to me at events talking about how much they love the podcast. So that's really exciting and gratifying for me. Let's see what else. Yeah, I'm just kind of getting back in the swing of things that really, those conventions really take a lot out of me. The older I get, the harder it is to bounce back. I mean, here it is. I'm recording this on Saturday, a week after just about a a little over a week after the show. And I'm just getting on my feet again now and and starting to get caught back up and just getting to a point where I can start working again. My studio was such a wreck that I couldn't work in it any longer. So I spent about a day and a half cleaning my studio. So it's nice and ready to work in. I got a new parallel palette, which I'm excited about using because my old one was so full of dried paint and gunk that it was (laughs) kind of embarrassing but funny also funny to to share online if you don't know about the parallel palette i talked about it i believe we talked about it on the david casson episode and he told me that there's only about 50 left and they have no definite plans to do another run of these parallel palettes so if you're gonna, if you're interested in getting one, get it while you can, because I don't know that they're gonna do do them again. They can, but it's just so expensive to to produce that they'd have to do some kind of crowdfunding campaign just to do another run of them. If you're not familiar with them, it's a painting palette that mounts on a tripod and sits straight up and down instead of lying flat like most palettes are, and really helps with arm strain because you can line it up right next to your the painting that you're using you could also judge your colors based on the painting that you're working on because of the palette's right next to it it's portable it's awesome i don't you know i'm not a i don't have i'm not an affiliate or anything i'm just i just promote it because i think it's great and that's at a parallelpalette.com i believe Okay, so new subscribers. Let's mention them, shall we? Okay, we have RF Pangborn, who's one of my favorite current painters. RF Pangborn, thank you. He joined up. Brett Cruz, thank you for your generous pledge. We appreciate it here. The big spenders have a special place in our heart. And John Baynart, who owns Baynart Gallery In Australia, which I have a show coming up in a few months there, I'm going to have him as a guest because he ran the Bainart Surreal Collective, which is also kind of old school, along with the Creep Machine, promoting surrealist artists and a lot of us in the dark art scene. So thank you, John. Okay, before we get into the interview, let me get the five questions. Um, Where are they? think I'd be better prepared for this? Okay. One I had from Lisa's Fingo, so I'll start off on that one. She actually asked it during a uh, Patreon consultation that I do as part of my personal Patreon, which is patreon.com slash chetzar where I'm teaching everything I know about art and showing everything I do in my studio. She asked me... What was my first album? What's the first album that I bought? <clears throat> and I believe it was Aerosmith Toys in the Attic That's a great album That was the first Record I ever bought Vinyl back in the 70s Back when it was kind of a new album I think Believe it or not I must have been God, 9 or 10 or something like that So that was my first album uh, it was. I was thinking it was either that or Aeros, Aerosmith. Draw the line, but I'm pretty sure it was Toys in the Attic. Okay, here's a, uh, question number two. Kim Home. I got these from Facebook, actually, the Dark Art Society Cooperative, which you can become a part of if you join the Patreon at patreon.com/slash Dark Art Society. Okay, let's see. What's the most unusual or surprising place you find... Did I say came home? Yeah, came home. What's the most unusual or surprising place you find inspiration for dark art? My dark art is often guided by what I read for my kids. That's interesting. I didn't really think about these questions beforehand, so I have to think about this. I think maybe the most unusual place I find inspiration is with music. And it's not even like uh, it's specifically to dark art. I I mean, dark art, dark stuff is what I want to create when I get inspired. For me, it's not genre specific. It's like, I feel inspiration and I paint and dark art comes out. That's just kind of the way it works. So I don't really feel like I need inspiration from a dark art source to create dark art. But just things that I like, music I love, even if it's not dark music, it still makes me want to paint. And I always mention that going to art shows, seeing great artwork is a big inspiration for me just to paint. And then when I feel inspired, I just do what I want to do. I don't know, that was kind of a lame answer, but I can't think of anything more unusual other than, you know, nature is always a big one. Just looking at, okay, uh, let me change my answer. My dogs. I just am so enthralled by these creatures because they're so beautiful. Dogs are just all animals, I just find... Beautiful. I can just sit and look at them and watch them walk, and I'm just so inspired by that. It's, it's incredible. It's miraculous. We take this stuff for granted, the stuff that's all around us. Um, so I'll go with dogs. Okay, here's a good one. Travis Bilbray. If I get no response from a gallery when submitting my work samples, how long should I wait before submitting a different set of examples? Six months? More? Less? Now, I'm a I'm a squeaky wheel kind of guy. I would rather annoy someone and have them know my name than be more uh, measured in my approach and have them not know who the hell I am. So I think it's kind of wor- worth the risk of annoying them to get them to know your name. So I would say... I would submit. I don't know. I would, if I didn't hear back from a gallery after submitting samples, I would probably check in in another two weeks and say, Hey, did you get my samples and try and just get a conversation going with the gallery. And if they don't respond, I'd hit them up in another couple weeks and keep bugging them because if nothing else, they will know your name and if they don't like your work, then at least get them to tell you we don't. what's not right for us. Because a lot of times, if they don't like your work, they might not even respond, which is lame, but I'm sure they get plenty of submissions. But if you can get an answer out of them, the best thing to do would be to go, okay, thank you for your response, and then move on. Behave professionally. Don't take it personally. Not every gallery is going to suit you. So there's that Dos Diablos This is number, let me see, one, two, three, four What do you think about uh, Rothko artwork? I admit I had to go look up Rothko artwork I mean, obviously I know the name, Rothko But I guess I don't think enough of it to immediately know the work But as soon as I looked it up and searched it, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that guy's work I actually kind of like it, some of it. I like some of the colors. And, you know, for that kind of modern abstract expressionism, you have to sort of imagine it in the time it was created. It's all about context. You can't really appreciate that weird abstract stuff without realizing what period of art they were in, what they were rebelling against, what they were trying to do. I mean, if you look at some colored squares on a, can- on a canvas and then compare it to like a David Casson or Dos Diablos, to me, there's, there's no question what's better in my mind. There's no question to me. But you know it's it's also about context and art history and what's accepted by the the art world but you know i certainly wouldn't buy one i'd i'd buy a dos diablos over a rothko any day of the week okay let's see there's a bunch here let me pick one that i think would be the best for number 5 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's one Brian K. Ward Would you consider trying to get Joe Coleman to be on the show? What do you think of his art? I would love to have Joe Coleman on the show I have a feeling he's too big time for us But I would, of course, have him on His artwork's incredible It's amazing It's a trip it's incredible what he puts in a painting all the information and the little writing and it's it's just amazing it's amazing stuff it's extremely dark it's it definitely fits into dark art as far as i'm concerned i, I don't think anybody would disagree so yeah i would love to have him on uh, there's so many artists so many artists that i want to have on I think we got Liz Lopez for next week, which is going to be amazing. She's great. And uh, s- lots of great artists lined up. I talked to some people at Monster Palooza. I'm trying to get Greg Nicotero on the show. Um, I'm going to get uh, Kevin Merck, Turkey Merck, the guy who makes those amazing mugs, mug sculptures. We're definitely going to do him, maybe after Liz. The list is long, and the artists seem to just keep getting better and better. So, anyway, I think that's it. Okay, Uh, so here we go. I said uh again. I was pretty good with the uhs and the ums up until that point, I think. I really uh, am conscious of it. I think about it as I'm speaking, and I can tell I'm getting out of the habit, habit of doing the ums and uhs. And if I keep embarrassing myself like this by outing myself when I do it, I think it will help me to get better. So, anyway, okay, on to the interview with Josh G. Get a notepad out because you're going to want to write this stuff down. I'm telling you, this is just the fact that he's giving it away for free to us is incredible. And I, I do, would like to say as well that we owe. Josh a huge debt Of gratitude I think I say it in the interview when I'm talking to him that He really is one of the earliest Big time supporters of dark art mm-hmm. He's done it Without getting anything in return He's always been Open to help any artist who asks him About information He's all about the art He's all about promoting the movement So He deserves uh, Our utmost respect so with that in mind, I hope you enjoy the interview with Josh G. What's up, Josh?
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. How are you? Uh,
1: good. Tired, but good. Tired, yeah. Uh, de- <laughs> dealing with the allergies here in the Bay Area, so... Um if there's any point where I end up, you know, sounding like Gilbert Gottfried, it was <laughs> it was not my choice. It was <laughs> the,
0: the pollen. That might be kind of funny actually. That would be good for the <laughs> yeah. podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. It might happen. You're like, dude, this guy's good at impersonations. No.
0: <laughs> it's uh it's allergies. <laughs> so you work at home you were mentioning before we started recording, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. I work for um I work for like a startup kind of tech company here in the Bay Area. Oh, uh okay. and a lot of them give the opportunity to work from home, you know, which is kind of cool. That's pretty um, great. Yeah, traveling, traveling. I mean, like I'm right here in the East Bay. So traveling even just to San Francisco can be either a 20-minute BART ride or two hours. Wow. Depending on the time frame you go in. So um, a lot of the companies are really cool about, hey, Friday's here, just work from home, whatever.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so what, what are you doing there? I mean, what do you do? What's your...
1: Um, so uh, right now I'm actually, I don't know how this happened. Cause I went to school for art history. I was really like interested in kind of going that route, but that whole like career changed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my mentor, she's a professor in New York and she's working like three different teaching jobs because wow. they're not hiring full time anymore. Um, um, and once that kind of changed, I, I started teaching myself programming And uh, so I'm actually doing web development and like email and marketing now. Hmm. Yeah, which is a little odd. So that's that's kind of where I learned a lot of what I applied to my Instagram profile. Right. um, It, you know, it it definitely wasn't what I planned on doing with my life.
0: Yeah, but hey, you know, things work out for a reason. You know, um, I mean, that's one thing I definitely want want to focus on today is. uh, using social media for artists because it's still like such a huge problem for so many artists, and I know you're like a total pro at it. You were working for uh, <laughs> a bunch of burritos and cats. And yeah, yeah, still. Oh, you still are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But but you uh, <clears throat> you started Creep Machine as well, and that I remember you didn't. You, you have a Creep Machine Instagram, and then you like started over or something. Didn't you start it over and like get? 200,000 followers in some short amount of time I was like this dude knows what he's doing
1: (laughs) yeah so the weird thing was like the blog I never intended to start the blog um I actually so I was going to school for art history at the time and I kept every time one of the professors started talking about like art I kept bringing up artists that we like right you know you and Chris Mars and you know all these other artists trying to show that like that—that's what people are looking at right now.
0: And what? You know, did, is, how did that is, go over?
1: <laughs> a couple. A couple professors really. I got into quite a few arguments. Wow. There were, there were quite a few times where either I stomped out of the class, and I even made a couple teachers stomp out of the class. Excellent. Um, <laughs> which was cool. But uh, I found two professors who actually were like, "Hey, you're kind of talking about a scene that few others are." Keep doing it.
0: Oh, excellent! That's that's a that's a good professor right there. I mean, that's very much
1: so. And what was amazing is one of them was in her in her late seventies. So cool. Yeah. So she was like, I don't give a shit how she's all. Francisco Goya was creepy.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So when I was like, oh, these dark artists, and she's all, there's always been dark art. Right. Keep keep going. Um, So I started the blog, and then I I did it more as a way to bookmark what I was finding. Because you know, bookmarks aren't visual, so I wanted to create some kind of blog. And then accidentally, people started reading it.
3: <laughs> really? And it,
1: yeah, and then it kept growing, and I was like, oh, shit, I guess I better keep doing this. Wow. Um, and then, then it led into me writing for SF Weekly, um, all these opportunities. I, I honestly screwed up quite a few opportunities as, as well. Uh-huh. Um, at, at one point, Scion and Doritos wanted to put ads on the site, like full-page background, like you know, Juxtapose had. Right. And I said no.
0: Wow, that could have been yeah. big money.
1: <laughs> I had this feeling that it would lower the credibility.
0: Yeah, because- it's it's that trade off. You know what I mean? It's like you could look yeah. at it like I I totally get what you're saying. Like I, I I've been asked to put ads on on my website way back when, you know, but um, I never would do it for that very reason. But on the other hand. You know, it's like money kind of changes everything. So it's like you have to kind of go, okay, is it worth it? Maybe to lose a little credibility to be able to push it further with all the money I'll be getting from it. So it's a tough decision, you know?
1: It is, definitely. um, You know, I think think my concern was like, there there was a lot of art sites at the time, and I didn't want to be just another one that was just posting shit just to post. I was like, oh, let's see if I can actually get into some writing, some critical stuff. And I figured that... You know, trying to write about like the the power and impact of dark art while there was you know a jump and Jack Cheese Doritos banner <laughs> behind <laughs> it. That's true. It was it was gonna look a little odd.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. We already have a credibility problem. That I mean, that's the whole thing with the dark art societies. We're trying to you know give it credibility and t- get people to take it seriously, and Dorito ads might not help that. It might get it on more get more eyes on it, but it might not necessarily help with the credibility issue. Yeah. So, yeah. That may have so, been a good choice.
1: Yeah. I mean, overall I feel good about it. There are some times where I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, (laughs) good. But, um, so I kept going and kind of got stale, curated a few shows. Um, I enjoyed the shows, but I, I think that I don't think I was the best curator because, um, I tend to get too attached to the art and the Mm -hmm. artists. So if something doesn't sell, I take it personally. Right. Um,
0: and then you so end I up kind of, feeling like you have to buy all the artwork you can't afford, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So It's
1: like, well, I guess this show was for me. I'll buy it all. Um, and then took kind of a break for a while because I really didn't know what to do next. And then, yeah, so I did the Instagram, and it was more of just kind of like me as the creep machine. It was just pictures of me eating sandwiches and right. stupid shit. Um, and then I, I actually had a talk with a friend uh, during like some meeting at work or something like that with somebody – And I was giving some tips just on how artists view things. And uh, the response was, well, what the hell do you know? You're not doing any of this stuff. And when they said that, I went, oh, you're right, I'm not. So that's when I decided to switch gears and then make the Creek Machine Instagram real. right? Just to try it, like, okay, okay, let's see if I'm just blowing smoke out my ass or I actually know what I'm talking about.
0: And uh, Yeah, and you knew what you were talking about because it definitely worked and it got big, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It grew. I mean, it, it's still growing right now. There's a lot of changes that are happening, but the profile is still getting like three, three to 5,000 people a week.
0: Uh, I, I see. You need to tell us how to do this. <laughs> I know that yeah. one of one of the greatest things that y- you did, I mean, you've always been a gr- really good, uh, friend of the community, even if people aren't aware of it. Uh, I've been aware of it. You've always been a a huge supporter, one of the biggest supporters as far as like a tech person that is trying to help and trying to expose people to the artwork. So, you know, whether they know it or not, they the, the community owes you a lot. <clears throat> and um, wh- one of the greatest things you did was post that article about Instagram. You know the one I always ask you oh, for yeah, because yeah. I always lose the link and someone asked me yeah. about it. Oh, I got this great article for you. And that was like kind of a game changer for me, you know. Um, just explaining how to use hashtags and, and really kind of simple stuff and how to optimize your Instagram profile, you know, which you were yeah. doing for other companies, I believe, like in a professional capacity, right?
1: Yeah, quite a few companies. I mean, and the other benefit about being here in the in the Bay Area is that, you know, Facebook is right here, Instagram's here, you're talking to people all the time that either do uh work for these places, have worked for, Mm -hmm. are living in a house, an apartment with 30 people that work at these places. Right. You know, so the conversations are everywhere.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's probably you can't
1: help but learn it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I kind of learned that way. I mean, there was definitely some stumbling, but you know, trying things out and kind of seeing how things worked really helped. Um, that article kind of helped as well. It didn't really you know, you, you were always pushing it, which was cool, but it didn't kind of
0: catch on with artists.
1: I, I think I, I had a conversation with an artist on Facebook. I won't mention their name cause I'm not sure they'll be into it. But, mm-hmm. um, and I mentioned the idea and I've talked to this with coworkers before and marked in my eyes, marketing for a lot of artists, sometimes it, it, it seems like medicine, you know, you know, it'll help, but it tastes like shit. Yeah. You, don't want to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So. um you know, and you guys are busy, you're creating stuff all the time, you're working on things, you're getting shows ready. And so this idea of sitting down and dedicating all this time into marketing yourself, it's it's not that you you know, you don't understand the, the, the benefits of it. It's, you don't, uh, you don't have enough do time. It. Yeah, it's yeah. true.
0: It's true. It's like, it's yeah. it's, 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 it's hard. But, you know, you've got, especially when you're in a position where you're able to create work, you just want to do it so bad. And you've got your thing and you're like, oh, I get to do my thing. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. I have to do a regular nine to five job to, to support, you know, in a way, because it becomes like another, a second job you have to do. You know? Oh yeah,
1: definitely. And then the other thing is that it's evolving so much. Right. That's the other that thing. now you've got to keep up on it. Yeah.
0: I'm, yeah. It's really difficult because it keeps changing.
1: Yeah. I was chatting with someone, another kind of like content curator, like I did for Instagram this past week. And, um, she's having the hardest time cause she's like, look, I, and she said the sentence, I haven't changed anything I've done for years. And I had to remind her, I was like, that's the problem. Right. It's because it is always changing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the moment you get used to Instagram or Facebook, a new algorithm comes along and you've got to change your whole right. process or yeah. else you're going to sink, Yeah. you know? And so that's kind of always what I was doing. And there are profiles that definitely grew way faster than mine did. I mean, uh, between mirrors, he's, oh, yeah. oh he's done a great job. He way surpassed me. Um,
0: what's the, yeah. what's your, uh, follower count on, on creep machine at this point? Do you know?
1: Um, so right it actually passed three hundred thousand this past week. Nice. Yeah. And so I'm I'm really not too much of a part of it anymore. Right, um, I yeah. do have a couple of friends from college that are kinda of jumping in and a lot of it has to do with just it, it really is like almost a part time job.
2: Right, right. You know,
1: and I'm doing so much other stuff, learning all these new things, and I'm kinda of like, okay, I've got quite a few you know, buddies that are super nerdy about dark art, let's give them a shot.
0: Oh, cool. So you are uh, still kind of involved, but you're, like, letting other people basically you are – they're kind of taking it over, but you're still
1: – Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the idea when I first talked to him was to transfer, like, all the ownership of everything to them, and mm. they weren't into that. Okay. You know, uh, uh, there's been a few people, you know, that have, have brought up this idea that, you know, I've always thought of the creep machine as a thing – that could survive without me. Right. But there's a few friends that I've talked to that are like, yeah, no it can't. And I'm kind
0: uh, of <laughs> I'm kind of gl- glad to hear that because I remember w- w- you fir- when you first said, you basically posted on Facebook saying that you're handing it over to somebody else and you're not going to be involved anymore and I, and everybody, you know, I, I, all the people I I knew that that knew you were, seemed pretty bummed about that. So, I mean, yeah. I know it's a lot of work for you, but even just knowing that you're kind of involved in it to some capacity makes me feel better, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and uh, there was an article recently due to the new Instagram algorithm changes that I, I was chatting with a journalist for Quartz Magazine online. Mm. And so I even kind of talked to them as Josh from Creep Machine.
0: Oh, cool, so, okay. so' there's yeah, if nothing else, happened. if nothing else, you should be able to use that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you started um, the damn thing.
1: Yeah, I mean... It, it was so there was a part of me that was kind of like, uh, I mean, I've it's almost been like it's more than a decade now since I've ran that thing. Wow. So trying to kind of, you know, oh, here, go ahead and take it. You know, there there is a little bit of apprehension for that, you right. know, because I've dedicated so much time. And, you know, I, I also don't want to see no matter how much I, you know trust these, these friends that are running it, you know, there is the opportunity to turn it into something that it's not supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I didn't want that to happen either.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. You never monetized it either. That was part of maybe what, what's made it so difficult. I mean, even in, aside from the Dorito ads, um, you never offered like shirts or merch or anything like that? Or did you?
1: Um, I tried a couple times with the shirts and I think I, I did it so half-assed uh-huh. without any, you know, and I still have the plan to kind of do that one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's, and you know, and you've seen me on Facebook over the years, I get so excited about shit yeah. that I kind of spaz <laughs> yep. I'm like, dude, here's a new, here's a new project. And then I don't do it. And right. then a week later, here's a new project. And I think it's because like, I'm I'm so passionate about this shit that I right. want to do all of it. But I forget the fact that I have limitations mm-hmm. and a job and all that other stuff like that, and so it kind of it, it wears out. You know, right, yeah. I, I don't get around to it, but never monetized it. Um, I, I do, do have Google ads up on the web page, oh, okay. that I've never changed. I've never made money with it, but I do get a notice from them all the time that I'm violating their terms of service <laughs> uh, because apparently the website's filled with graphic and horrible pornographic art. Right? Oh so, <laughs> god kind of reminds me that they're there which is great um but and also on the instagram never paid for a promoted posts or ads or anything
0: that's amazing
1: I, I really wanted to see if this could be done without paying for ads
0: yeah and you did it that's incredible so i mean one thing that you had going for you in setting up the instagram is you had the cream of the crop you were curating a ama- all you know as as artists we have to as individual artists we have to like okay we have to you know, put our best foot forward and show our best pieces. You you had the luxury of of going to every artist in this scene and picking their their best pieces. So that's yeah. kind of one thing that you you did have going for you. Like it'd be harder for you know, you can't always post your very best work. You know what I'm saying? There's like a limited pool that we have t- to pull but, from.
1: Yeah, there's definitely that, and there's also what I will admit. There's also I, I'll say there's a large people, a large amount of people that follow that profile mm-hmm. that, that really, they just want to see shocking shit. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? They yeah. just want, they just want to see something where they can kind of tag their buddies and go, Hey, look at this crazy shit. Yeah. It looks know? like my ex wife. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> you last weekend when you got hammered, dude. Um, but I think learning that kind of made me realize like, not to look at it in the, in the capacity of, oh, people want to see shocking shit. It's more like people want to use art to connect with other people. Right. So instead of posting this as like, hey, this is going to shock you, it's more like, what art can I post that's great, but also will connect with people right. enough that do want to tag their buddies?
2: Right, right, right. You know,
1: like, what can I post that some friend's going to go, dude, remember that fucking Iron Maiden concert we went to? Look at this shit. Right. You know, so kind of thinking about the behaviors more than just, you know, content that's going to make someone happy and then disappear real fast.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was kind of always like thinking about that. Like how do I make these connections instead of looking at it just so bluntly?
0: Yeah. You you know, that's a, that's interesting because my Instagram, I'm at like 107,000 and it's all been organic uh, from, but I, I, I got in before the first, major algorithm change. And as soon as that hit, I just got, you know, stuck. And and honestly, I've been stuck at 107,000. I went up to 108 and back down to 107 and I haven't been able to break it, but I haven't been doing all the things that you say to do to, to, yeah. to be fair. Um, but every once in a while I'll post something that just goes crazy and like I get, uh, I'll get average. Let me see. I'm gonna look real quick. I get on a good post, you know. I get like 1,500 likes, and uh, I don't know 18 comments. This is like a good average one for me. Sometimes I'll get 2,000, 2,500. But I posted this picture of these two guys from Monster Palooza. Two guys dressed as the uh, twins in The Shining you know, the, you know, the, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah! I remember that one with the yeah, beard. Yeah. These two guys with beards. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And they're holding hands. I got 4,500 likes on that and 103 comments. Yep. And and I just did it because I thought it was funny, but you know, if I was smart, I would have taken an hour and walked around monster Palooza and looked at stuff and thought, what is really, what will be engaging? And, you know, cause if I thought about it, of course, this, this would have been an engaging post. It's, it's, everything it's great you know yeah. but i really didn't uh take advantage of that so um it's weird it, it, it and i did it like a medusa i posted this old medusa painting i did a while back and it got 5500 likes and 105 comments and it's it was so weird that i was like why is this so, performing so well i can't You know, I just don't know. But the thing is, I didn't, I wasn't aware of what time I posted it or what day I posted it. I didn't do all the things that I know I should be doing, which is kind of monitoring when you get the most response and, you know, when most people are on or when most people are looking at your profile and, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that's a big part of it is kind of seeing what your audience is. I mean, my audience has shifted over the years where it was uh, 60% women at one point. Really? Yeah, now it's back to sixty percent men. Yeah, it's, that's it. Yeah, it kept my, shifting, but
0: mine has been solidly sixty percent men, forty percent women. But I, and yeah, I can't break that cycle for some reason.
1: Yeah, it keeps shifting. I would like it to be a little bit more towards the middle there, but mm. uh, the biggest audience I had for the longest time was Los Angeles. Now it's Mexico. Wow. So it wow. keeps kind of shifting around and. I think the urge for a lot of people is to go, cool, I have a lot of artists in New York. Let's show a lot of New York art. Right. And I think that's kind of wrong because the people from New York already see New York art.
0: Right. Yeah. They want to see so, something new.
1: <laughs> yeah. So show something they don't see. And that's why those Monsterpalooza ones are so great because, you know, I mentioned this. I didn't go this year. I I actually had never been. Mm. So seeing those posts is kind of like a vicarious thing that I can live through. Right, yeah. right. Uh, And that's that's kind of how those things hit me. I think one of the reasons the vicarious kind of posts that artists don't really nail is, you know, I went to brunch and here's a picture of a a mimosa or some nachos.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? I can see a mimosa or nachos anytime. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like I already saw that. Um, So I think there's always this weird balance of like, what kind of life, life posts do I make and which ones do I not make? You know, right, that, right. that's when I think the conversation comes in. To to, do you want this like profile to be about your art, or do you want this profile to be about you and your art as kind of like you're an art star?
0: Right. Well, what do you <laughs> what do you recommend to be a successful Instagram because because account because for me it's like my attitude with the art world is everything's everything's different. You know, it's not like you can just show at galleries and they'll take care of everything and you just paint. That's not the, that's not the world I exist in at least. And not many people I know are, are in that uh, world either. And so I've, to me, it's like, it's all about success in the art world. Nowadays is all about having a large amount of a big fan base behind you, because when you have a big fan base behind you, like dedicated, you know, dedicated followers of your work that love you, And appreciate your work, because when you have that, then you can market to them, you can give them, you know, you could sell to them because they want to buy from you. And so uh, me for me, it's it seemed like sharing my artwork and also sharing things that I think are kind of funny in my life. Like I posted this picture of my granddaughter dressed like a robot because it was hilarious. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So and I it, went today. Yeah, yeah and I got a pretty good response, actually, and a lot of comments and stuff. Um, so, I mean, what do you recommend? Do you recommend the art star approach or the pure art approach? Or is one better than the other? Or is it different depending on the artist?
1: I think it's different depending on the artist. And, like, you know, again, I won't really name artists because I don't want to call anybody out. But you know, I'm sure you've seen those artists where every other post is them, a very stylized picture of themselves oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a scene. It's very curated, right? Um, really pretty looking, yep. you know, um, that's kind of the art star approach. Mm-hmm. And my only concern with that is how do you know whether they like the art or they like you, okay, you know, right. when, it, when has it turned into, Oh, I really love, you know, Gilbert Gottfried's Freed, I'll bring him up again as a joke. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, I like his jokes, or I just like the fact that he's hanging out with all these famous people. Right. You know, um, so it kind of depends on what you want. I've talked to quite a few artists that are like, they actually feel bad, not bad, but they wish they didn't use their real name you know, they wish they didn't show their face because they don't want it to be about themselves. They don't want the attention. They just want, you know, just look at the art, right? pay attention to that. So I guess it depends on what you
0: want. Okay. Well, let me say this. Um, uh, one of, one of the principles I've read about through this one art marketing, um, series of lectures that I, I forgot, uh, quick start art marketing. I think it's called art marketing, quick start. It's like a an hour of lectures from this guy and actually was very helpful to me. It was like 15 bucks and you get it on MP3s, uh, little short lectures. And one of the things that this guy says is the, what you're really selling is you like, think of an artist like Van Gogh and think of, or uh, think of all the artwork that they have done. It's like how many, paintings do you actually know the name of but you definitely know Van Gogh's name or Rembrandt it's like you know the names of these people but you don't yeah. necessarily know the names of their paintings and and his attitude is like you you have to part of what he was saying or one of the things he was saying is that you kind of have to sell yourself as well and, and tell people why you're an interesting person not only a great artist but what what's behind your artwork what makes you interesting what unusual talents do you have and, um, you know, I've kind of taken that approach and, and tried to, you know, show things about my life that are weird or funny or something. Um, so I, I, I tend to kind of lean towards letting people in to your personal life, even though some artists are not into that, you know?
1: Yeah. So I'll agree with that part, part of what that, that, uh, marketing book said, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the artists, especially the old ones—Van Gogh, Rembrandt, even like Caravaggio—they all had notorious lives.
2: Right. Yeah. They all
1: had something that really stood out. Absolutely. You know, these these almost kind of little myths and legends. Mm-hmm. So that kind of adds to it. So, you know, m- like me, if I was a painter, uh, my life's boring as hell. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be all pictures of burritos and, you know. Um, so I, I wouldn't really fit that. You know, right. uh, there's there's nothing I really do that. People are going to be like, "Oh shit, this dude's crazy," um, <laughs> or "or interesting," or "I'm really glad I saw that." But right. see, the benefit I think, like, so as you, for an example, you're going to Monster Palooza. You've accomplished all these things in the past. You've met all these people in various industries. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I think is necessary for telling your story because it really does influence what your art
2: is. Right. Right. That's you know, true. but. Yeah.
1: For me, you know, living living in the Bay Area, doing regular Bay Area people stuff, mm-hmm. it, it's not really super interesting. Okay. So I, I'd want to focus more on just the art itself. Right, right. Because all the stories I'm telling with my art is all in here.
2: Right, it's right. It's not
1: really out there. It's just yeah, yeah. It's the way I see stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it depends on that. you know. Yeah, I guess it,
2: so, yeah.
1: I mean, to put it bluntly, you know, and I've I made sure I haven't said this to people before, but, you know. If if you're living an interesting crazy life, show it.
0: Yeah, if, yeah.
1: If you're boring as fuck like me,
0: hide you, it. Your artwork better be good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, hide hide it from people. You right. don't want some vanilla, you know, masterpiece theater posts of me sitting in a chair with a tea. Just I read a book on a Tuesday. You know, that's not really going to get people going. But, right, right. But I also think there's funny ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of artists that that you know post some really you know, mundane kind of life situations, but they do it in such a hilarious way. That oh yeah. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah. I've done that before. And I got a, a good response to a post where I was sitting with one of my granddaughters and she was like five in a princess tent. And it was like, it's just, it was a funny picture I took of us like, cause I look all irritated and she's in the background, you know, and it's like a pink princess tent and it's yeah. like, that's my life, you know? So <laughs> it's funny. I'm going to share it. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, but I, I think people shouldn't shy away from their their um, idiosyncrasies because that makes them interesting.
1: No, I, I agree, and I want to see that stuff. Especially right. being like an art history geek, I really want to know. Um, I think the ones that I I think artists should refrain from are the the kind of everyday the images that look as if your friend could have posted it.
2: Right. You know, like yeah, oh, yeah. It's,
1: it's my cat on a bed.
0: Right. 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 So, you know? It's me driving down the road. On I'm a guilty of that because <laughs> I like my dogs.
1: <laughs> but, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff and it is difficult. And mm-hmm. that's kind of why I suggest to people like then have two profiles.
0: Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Have you have, you know, uh, John Doe, the artist and then John Doe private. Right. Uh, just do it that way. So you can kind of get both of those things out and feel like you're accomplishing that. Um,
0: makes sense. But,
1: you know, I I think, yeah. So the main thing is just kind of learning about the artist's kind of perspective and whatnot. Um, Mm. so I I think, I think that's kind of hard for a lot of artists to swallow is, Oh, well I can't, every time I I've seen those posts, I'm sure you've seen them where someone's like, Oh, I, you know, posted a picture of my face and I lost a bunch of followers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, I think that's because the audience they have on social media they're, they're not there to see just a picture of you. They're not there to see a selfie. Yeah. You know, um, unless that selfie is holy shit, it's you in a museum. It's you at the Giger bar. Right. You know, it's something like that. Then post it. Yeah. yeah. Um, So I think it's all about like what, what's every post basically should tell a story in some way. And so the story of you in the tent with your granddaughter is your people see this, bearded you know uh horror master and he's chilling in a tent with his granddaughter that's true. <laughs> so that that's kind of this crazy juxtaposition right. that i think a lot of judge and and get to now see that it's not true my favorite pick of you ever was actually on facebook and that was one with the squirrel on your head oh yeah <laughs> that was a good it was, one it was amazing it was great and i think it's stuff like that that kind of you know that that's a picture that kind of breaks that stereotype a lot of people have of dark art and dark artists.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I love to do that. I love to do, do that because one of the things we talk about in the podcast is how uh, kind-hearted most of the dark art artists that I know are. And so it's, you know, by, by sharing that and breaking that stereotype is interesting, and it's true too, you know. So I, I, I like to talk about that. <clears throat> that's one thing I bring up all the time on the podcast is like, you know, so many are, so many dark artists are animal lovers and and oh, of,
1: animal yeah. lovers, vegans, right. vegetarians. Yep. I mean, pacifists. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know we're looking at dark art, enjoying it, and making it. You're kind of getting all that you know that uh, that bottled up kind of darkness out.
0: You're yeah, looking, right.
1: Looking at it face face forward instead of kind of hiding it away.
0: You're right. not making it taboo. Yeah, yeah, exactly um okay before we get more i want to get more into the um practical ideas that people can use to increase their um social media presence and instagram presence but before before we get into that i want to ask you because i totally forgot about your art history background until you just brought it up and that is so important for us as a community to um you know learn about and because so many of I mean myself included so many of us are just kind of ignorant of a lot of art history because a lot of us didn't go to school. I didn't go to school. I mean taking an art history class to me sounds amazing. It sounds like so much fun. I would love to do it now. At the time when when I could have done that, it didn't sound that much very fun because I was a kid, you know. But um how do you how do you see this new dark or quote unquote new dark art movement within the context of art history? I mean, you, you've studied the masters, you've studied it all. It's legit, right? I mean, it, 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 it is within the flow of art history, this movement. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. No, I, w- I would agree with that. And I mean, there's definitely stragglers, Along uh-huh. the side, right. kind of making, making dark art for the sake of dark art, right? You know, the, uh, but I think you have that in any scene. Yeah, you know, um, you have conceptual artists that walked into a museum and saw like you know a neon light on a wall and went, "Dude, I can make neon lights all day." Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's the same thing. So, but I believe you know when you, when you look at you know uh, your work and Chris Mars and David Tupakis and and all these artists, you, you're seeing. The same thing that you would see with Goya and and all these other artists. They're, mm-hmm. they're kind of, you know, you know, you, this is obviously like something that you guys are doing for life.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? and t- right, and are totally into it and are do- doing it because it's the one, the thing we want to do the most. You know. Yeah.
1: There's consistency. There's skill. Uh, you guys have iconography.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you have the number five that shows up. Uh, you know, you'll notice with Chris Mars a lot of his work he has. Similar faces that pop up and building colors and whatnot. Um, So all the same patterns are there. Mm. You know, I, I think the only thing that I think is lacking, and this isn't any fault of any of the artists, it's I don't think social media is the best place for it right now. Okay,
0: um, well this is interesting. I uh, explain further about that because you know, we we need criticism for sure. Be one thing I, I noticed in this in the in the dark art communities, we're very supportive of each other, which is great because oh yeah. because you have to be in this community because it's small and the rest of the world thinks that we're weirdos, so we're very supportive of each other, but that one thing that that also kind of fosters is a lack of self-criticism, which is important for us to kind of grow, you know. So so, there is there's a elaborate. lot elaborate
1: yeah there's a lot of self-criticism and there's also um i i used to get this on the creep a lot is you know i'll post a work that looks like beksinski mm-hmm. and someone will go oh this looks like a beksinski and i'm all well of course it does it the artist is inspired by this person right you know and the way i look at it is like you know i i love black sabbath right so if another art a musician later on sounds like black sabbath i'm not gonna go you copycats right i'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna go. No, this is someone who just loves metal. So, in in my eyes, I see someone making biomechanical art, like like Giger, part of his new genre of music or art. Right. If I see someone making monsters. I'm like, holy shit, dude! Someone likes Chet, and they're doing the same shit. This is great with their own unique voice, of right. course. Right. Yeah. You know. But um, so that aside, I think I think the the social media thing is great. Um, I think it's a super powerful tool. My concern and, you know, being an art history geek is I see this pattern of people making art to, to, to get a bunch of likes right. and please their crowd. And then that art disappears into a feed and is probably never surfaced again. Hmm. The photo of it was taken at a specific ratio on your phone. Um, it's not existing on a website anymore because I mean, honestly, who runs websites now? Hardly anybody. Right. So we're, you know, all these artists I see creating this work that is kind of just disappearing. Hmm. So my worry is, like, you know, if if some art historian 20, 30 years down the road is going to write about this scene, where are they going to find all the images? Right. You know, they're oh. going to have to try to get a hold of wow. collectors. They're going to have to try to, you know— I mean imagine how big the frickin' computer screens are gonna be in ten years. They're gonna find all these thumbnails this big. Right. <laughs> that used to be
0: huge. Yeah, all pixelated you know? and looking like crap. Well what what's the solution to that?
1: So I think the solution is is keeping keeping your home page, keeping your home base, whether it's Squarespace, whether it's Wix, Weebly, mm-hmm. uh, running your own, is keeping that and, and thinking it more like an archiving tool. You know, your website might not get you jobs. It might not get you commissions, but it's it's you know your little slice of your own Wikipedia. It's it's your thing that you're kind of catalog cataloging and all, keeping all the stuff. Mm. And then the social media accounts are your little ways to kind of feed it into the world. Okay. So yeah. if any of those disappear, if Facebook disappears, Instagram disappears, yeah, you still have a home base. Right. Right. You know, um, I. So that's
2: a great. I, I am
1: kind of concerned about that. Like, you know, I, I still I used to have artists send me like I, I would ask them like Hey, send your portfolio over," and they just send me their Instagram handle.
2: Oh,
0: and right, I'm,
1: yeah. I'm not going through a feed of all this work and bunch
0: of burritos and cats. A bunch of
1: burritos and cats. <laughs> you know? Like, I want to see a page. I want to know you're freaking serious, right? You know. Um, So you know. That that I kind of find an issue. The other one, which you didn't, you know, it's kind of my brain going that direction, but I think the other thing that really needs to happen is is to not pay attention anymore to that number of your followers. Okay. We disregard
2: it. Okay.
1: Like look at it. Look at it a little bit. Like, oh, cool. I see it growing, but that number is really just a carrot that these companies are dangling in front of us to chase so that you log on to your phone.
0: Right, right. Or Engaged, um, engaged viewers is what you want, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, for the, the People that time,
0: comment and all that. and
1: Yeah. For the longest, like you mentioned earlier, like you had, you know, you'll post something, you'll get 1500 likes mm-hmm. and you have what, 100,000 followers. Right. I was getting that with 250,000 followers. Ex-
0: yeah. Oh, 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 interesting. Okay. Okay. Right, yeah, there, right. There was
1: a point in time when I was, you know, I was working a lot. So when I was posting, I was honestly just phoning it in. I was right. like, cool. Spooky art. Let's get it up. Got to please the masses. Um, so you know the, the the likes were kind of suffering, right. but people were still. Dude, you do have so many followers. So the way I kind of look at social media, um, Instagram and Facebook, you know, you hear a lot of artists talk about this is, oh, I have three hundred thousand followers, and Instagram is hiding them from me. And no, they're not. What what happened is is when Instagram started you know, imagine there was like this stage that you were on Mm -hmm. and you had all these people watching you. And those were the, those were the awesome days when everyone's cheering, they're holding (laughs) up lighters, they're excited. (laughs) The problem is, is that more stages started getting built up everywhere. Mm -hmm. It went from a concert where two people were playing into fricking Coachella or whatever. Um, so now, now there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of stages, but you're still looking out into that crowd going, why aren't my followers looking at me? Because they're not really yours anymore.
2: Okay. They're
1: following you, they're following this artist. Right. That artist, they're following me.
0: Yeah, they're following. Uh, yeah, I've got. I'm following like a, a thousand people on mine. You know, exactly, it's
1: like <laughs> exactly. So you're looking at all these stages, and that just because you you follow an artist, it doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, it takes. Like, zero effort to just put follow with your finger.
2: Right, right. It's true, true.
1: You know, but we'll look at that number and go, dude, 300,000 artists and I'm only getting 9,000 likes. What the fuck's going on? Well, that's because maybe half of those haven't logged into Instagram for two years. Wow, yeah. A majority of those aren't paying attention. A majority of those have liked the burritos so many times that that's all their feed (laughs) is. You know, so we're, we're looking at this number and we know nothing about it. Instagram won't let us they don't br- they don't break that down in our analytics like you know 20% of your users love dog pics right. uh,
2: yeah
1: so the most important thing is is engaged users it's you know and and you know that's all marketing speak which right. isn't super exciting but
0: no it's um, important stuff
1: because it, it's the engaged ones it's the ones that are going out of their way to like and again a like is just a button push anyway but it's the ones that are commenting saying fuck yeah this is the shit i love this right. i got to tag buddy those are potential buyers and most importantly in my eyes those are fans that if you left instagram and went somewhere else they'll follow you right the, all the other ones that liked you just because someone said oh hey check this profile out and you just go cool follow right they're not going to follow you they're not going to sign up for an email list great point um, so I, I kind of like, I don't pay attention to to the numbers. I mean, I, I think they're good to pay attention to because it shows you that you're growing, mm-hmm. but that's it. So right. just pay attention to the fact that you're growing, but pay more attention to the fact that you have, you know, posts that are doing really, really well.
0: Right. And when you have
1: a post that's doing poor, why is it doing poor?
0: Right. You know? Yeah. So how do you figure that out? <laughs>
1: So one of the things that I, fig- I figured out while I first grew the profile is, um, you know, I was posting works and I would post something and it would do really well. And I go, okay, cool. I'll note this. People like this artist. Mm-hmm. I like this artist. And then I'd post another one and it wouldn't do well. So I would try that artist again. Okay. You know, and if, you know, ten times it happened where that artist just didn't do well. I wouldn't get rid of it because I honestly don't want the crowd to dictate what the hell I post. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I'm posting shit I like. Right. Um, but it started to give me the idea that okay, I'm starting to see what this crowd digs. Okay. You know, and sometimes that made the profile get darker, sometimes it made it get weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll kind of see. So what I would do is I learned that all right, every time I post you know, some image that focused on trypophobia, for example. The likes and the comments go through the fucking roof.
0: What's trypophobia?
1: You know, like the all the holes. Uh,
0: like, uh, uh, oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like
1: Colin Christian does that kind of stuff, right. stuff.
0: Yeah, like body so, horror type stuff. with.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those go out of control. Oh, interesting. Like, and part of it's because half of them are yelling at me telling me I'm an asshole <laughs> for posting it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it goes to the roof. So what I figured was, okay, these types of images, not just trypophobia, but these ones that consistently do well, I started calling them booster images. Okay. So Tuesday, for example, I'll post this artist that I love, but I know is probably not going to do very well. Okay. And that's not, and Instagram doesn't give a shit what I like. It just sees this post didn't do well. Mm. You do that too many times and it starts demoting you.
2: Ah, uh, Okay.
1: So I would post the work that I know wouldn't do very well. And then right afterwards that evening, I would post another post that would do well and it would bring them both up. Oh, cool. So I would purposely have an image ready to basically let the other post ride its coattails.
0: Wow. That's so
2: smart.
1: Yeah. So you keep kind of doing this. And sometimes the booster images would honestly get like out of control. I'm sure you've, in my profile, you know, there was the sculpture from Jan Capote where the the testicles are a brain. Uh huh. You know, that one was always a great booster image. Used it too much, and you get people telling you, "Dude, pick something new."
2: Oh, really? So, yeah. so
0: you are actually reusing images throughout the years. It's not, of course. Because, because, because I, I mean, I can't. I I've, I don't think I've ever reposted an image. I just yes. never thought about it to be honest. No, definitely.
1: And I'm always encouraging people to do that. One, uh, most people when it comes to marketing have horrible memories. Right. You know what I mean? They don't like, you know, uh there's companies I've worked for where we've sent an email one week and two weeks later we sent the same one and it still did well. Wow. People really aren't paying attention. Right. Now, it is art's not marketing, but the way I'm looking at it is the painting you made, it's not Food. It's not some temporary thing that'll fade away. It's a painting. Mm-hmm. It's going to last decades, possibly even hundreds of years. It's worth showing again and again and again.
0: Yeah, that's great. Great.
1: So great. show it again. Yeah. You know, give it some time. You know, like the Medusa one that you did. I just took a look at it, 5,500 likes or something. Yeah, yeah. Post that one a month. How, how often? Post it in one more month. Oh,
0: really? G- give oh, okay. It a few weeks post it again okay great i'm gonna try that you know definitely what I mean? Show yeah it in
1: a while. and then maybe the next time you post it talk a little bit more about what you were thinking what yeah. you were doing so each time you're giving this little story along with the post as opposed to just here's medusa again here's medusa again It's
0: so it's so it's it's so funny because you say these things that's kind of obvious <laughs> but it's like <laughs> i never thought of it It's but it's so well, like right on the goes, money it
1: goes back to that 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 you know, medicine metaphor, the marketing medicine, you know, I'm kind of sunk in it all day from work. And so it got my brain thinking in that manner. Yeah.
0: You just automatically think that way, which is great. Wow. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's why you're so invaluable to the scene. So, um, wow, that's so interesting. That's cool. Okay. How do you, what do you do about, um, one thing I'm, I'm curious about is, Times of the week, times of the day. Is there a standard or is it different for every artist?
1: So if your profile is set to personal, you're not going to see any stats at all. Right. You won't know. that. You'll just kind of have to guess. And sometimes it might even be that you actually train your audience to know when the post is coming. So you're like, look, I'm on the bus every day at 9 o'clock. That's when I post. Okay. If your Instagram profile is set to a business account, you have those details inside of your stats. Right. So it'll tell you. So like for me, for the longest time, it was 10 o'clock. Now, for some reason, it's noon. Mm. And maybe that's because my audience has shifted to Mexico. Maybe, you know, that audience is more active. So and that's why you're constantly kind of changing and shifting around. Um, So you kind of keep those in mind a little bit. But I, I think that I think the main thing is, you know, Trying your hardest to stay somewhat consistent with that, you know? Right. Okay. Um, And if, like, let's say, you know, I remember when he used to do Friday night art dorks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's say Friday night you're painting something, you're watching Night Living Dead, you're doing something cool, and you're like, dude, I got to share this. Um, Skip making a post and make a story.
0: Right yeah are,
1: are hardly ever doing stories, and it drives me crazy. That,
0: okay, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. So now's a good time. what What is the deal with stories? How important are stories? How often should you be doing stories?
1: So the the cool thing about stories is if Instagram's telling us the truth, stories do not hurt your profile in any way. So if you put up a story that's complete bullshit, right? you you put up a story of just a toilet at a subway, uh-oh. You know, a Subway sandwich place, and it did horrible. Who cares? Right. But the more and more you do, the more engaged you get, supposedly, the more those viewers will start seeing your other posts, too.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So do all the fucking stories you want.
0: Okay. Um, so however, okay.
1: same details, no burritos, no sandwiches, cats.
0: Make it interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, and that's what a lot of artists are doing, is they'll do these stories, and I'm like. So you're using your profile for your art, but your story is now just personal shit. Right. I don't care. I don't care that you argued with your your next door neighbor. I don't care that you're watching, you know, reality TV. I don't care. I want to see someone painting. Right. I want to see art shows, um, you know, different angles. You know, another thing, we're always dealing with images of art, mm-hmm. and that's, to me, that's bullshit. There's no way we can get around it, though, but like oil paintings, you know, this oil paintings have this beautiful luminance to them that you can only see at certain angles. Right. Oh, um, and it gets lost in photography, especially when the varnish is there. Right. So do a story of you kind of taking a picture and moving around. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. You know, showing getting close. That's true. Showing the texture and stuff too, you know, Yeah. things that photos won't pick up.
1: Exactly. Really, really get in there and kind of take advantage of that. Um, so the story can kind of be an addition to what you're doing. Right. You know? um, even if it's you just wrapping up 75 tubes from your print shop, you know, right. take a picture of 75 tubes and the look on the pissed off postman's face when he's picking them up.
0: <laughs> right. You know?
1: um, because it's just adding to that whole story of you as an artist. And it's also just interesting to see.
0: You yeah, know? yeah. That's smart. One thing I've noticed um, is that moving images seem to do better, like like time lapses and, you know, videos seem to do better than images. Am I wrong about that or? No,
1: no. So you're exactly right. So um, my belief and there's kind of there's some articles online that have pointed to this. Instagram wants to take over that video content from people watching YouTube all the time.
2: Oh, wow, yeah.
1: You know, so when they took on stories and took in took in video, people were using it so infrequently and so rarely that when you use it now, they're giving you basically a push.
2: Oh, wow. You know. Okay. They're they're, okay. Trying,
1: to, they're trying to model good behavior basically. Right. You know, so when I know it gets tiring to kind of jump on these new features when these when these sites do this shit, but sometimes the new feature will give you a massive boost.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. You know,
1: because they want it to work. Right. So they're like, you know, like let's say they do scratch and sniff posts or some shit, I don't know. <laughs> jump on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Know. I just you know, uh-huh. I I just logged on and it said something about turning my profile into a creator profile. Now, I already had it set up as a business profile and I did it. I just did it. I don't know if that was a bad thing, but I don't see any difference with the analytics or anything, but it's, I, I don't understand. Do you know anything about that? No, that's the first I've heard of it, but yeah, I'm a, it's a creator profile. Ooh, I
1: don't know. I mean, I know that they recently got some shit for the new, uh, algorithm changes. Uh huh. Um, that's the one where, you know, the slides kind of popped around where like it shows like, um, sexual, sexual, sexually suggestive violence. Right. So, you know, What was the other one? You know, anatomy skulls and shit. Mm -hmm. So maybe the backlash from that is getting them to like mark people as creators. Oh,
0: okay. So they know that you're,
1: yeah, you're going to put up a skull because.
0: Yeah. That's another thing I wanted to bring up. That's really pissed me off. And it's uh, ironically posting an angry post about it. Got me more attention than if I would have paid for the ad because I, I was trying to pay, you know, I'm like, look, i'll i'll pay the money if it works i'm totally fine with paying for ads um and i was trying to promote something a print sale or something and they refused to take my money they were like this this uh uh, doesn't meet our standards it has horrific or frightening imagery or violent imagery and you know my stuff it's like i just don't see it that way so but um it, I, I appealed and they still turned me down. So it's like, and so I wrote this post or I posted a picture of, of a screen grab of it, you know, saying, no, your, your thing is not approved. And I was like, I'm so sick of that. Blah, blah, blah. I was, cause yeah. I was pissed about it. It was really like, they won't let me give them money. What's wrong with these people. And that got tons of so many comments on that. So, um, uh, w- I don't even know what to do about that. You know, it's like, do you have to change what words you're using? No, no,
1: I don't think you have to change anything. So one side note is uh, definitely piss people off once in a while.
2: Ah, uh, okay. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? But th- that goes. That also goes back to uh, one of my other mentors here in the Bay Area was a curator. Um, and he used to talk about the idea that there's nothing worse in a gallery or a museum when someone walks up to a piece of art, looks at it, Nods and then walks away. Right. They should look at it and either be elated or disgusted. Right. You know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of like uh, Joel Peter Witkin's work.
2: Oh, I love him. You know. Yeah.
1: yeah. I did a presentation in one of my art history courses where you know we were talking about contemporary photographers, and I showed his name, and the professor threw her hands up in the air and went fuck. She got, she got got pissed, and um, she was like, "She was all, I hate this guy."
0: Oh, he's so good! How could you hate him? Everybody's ripped him off, and everybody in the world has ripped him off, man. So I I told her.
1: So basically, my argument the entire time was, you you don't have to love him. You don't have, don't have to be a fan. You don't have to anything. But the fact that you are feeling an emotion means he succeeded, right? You know. And so I kind of turned her thinking around a little bit, which which was a big deal for me, but. Um, so every once in a while, don't be afraid to piss some people Stir off. Stir things up. Yeah, because you know, the, the the fans that understand your work and understand what you're going for, they're going to understand what you're doing. Right. I mean, don't blatantly piss people off. You know, all my followers are assholes. Yeah. You know, don't <laughs> do shit like that. But you know, um I, I see artists do posts and someone, you know, there's this comment right below, like, I'm not here for politics fuck you party uh, <laughs> is it is politics right you know um and if you don't want to see it bounce right you know so piss some people off right um the other thing as far as the ads go and these new content changes from instagram it's my belief that instagram really doesn't care that your painting is being shown or your art show is being shown it's not ideal content to be next to the people that the marketers are really investing their time
2: with, hmm.
1: you know, so uh, they don't want a skull next to some Instagram model that's pushing uh, flat, flat tummy teeth.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I get you know, that. so
1: yeah. So when you're going through that explore feed, which all of our content will maybe be demoted from, you know, when they go to skulls or not even skulls. Like, let's say I accidentally tag a skull work as I don't know Coachella. They don't want to scroll through that and then go, oh shit! What the hell is this scary ass shit? Right. <laughs> they want to see clothes that someone can buy. They want to see hotels that you can book. You know, it, social media in my in my view is shifting more towards another marketing tool.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: And in that, a lot of us are going to get lost. Yeah, and that's also I'm saying get your websites now.
0: Okay. Well, is there a way to to deal with the paid? Is it not even worth doing the paid ads?
1: I mean you know, if you don't, if, if
0: I've never had much luck with them personally, even the ones that went through, I never have yeah. noticed. Huge I've seen sales. some arts
1: do quite well with it. Yeah. I so know I, some
0: people that say they've done well, but I've never been able to make it work.
1: Yeah. I, I guess like a friend of mine has always said this saying, I'm not sure how popular it is, but if the juice is worth the squeeze, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> like if it's worth it to you to throw the cash and you're not going to be worried about if you get your return or not, fuck it. Right. Right. But, you know, If, if you're strapped or, if you don't really have the budget to do something like that, there are other ways to do it. It right. could be a series of stories. It could be, um, you know, pissing people off. Or the weirdest thing, it could be just messaging me. You know what I mean? What do you like, mean? Uh, there, for quite a few years, and from what I understand now, there's the amount of people I get asking me to share work on that profile mm-hmm. is, is super small. Wow really, really tiny. So not just like asking me, but ask me, ask any of these other huge content profiles. Oh, hit wow. Him, hit them up. Oh, okay. Just blanket hit them up. And yeah, just, I've never done it. <laughs> now that
0: you mentioned it, I've never done that.
1: Yeah, just, hey, creep, can you share this? Hey, so-and-so, can you share this? Can you share this? Give them the images. Uh, don't send them images in a direct message because sometimes it's a pain in the ass to download.
2: Okay. So through Um, email or through their, yeah.
1: Hey, what's your email? I'd like to send you a press release. Okay. And then maybe the press release is just, I got a show coming up. It's going to be dope show, whatever. Here's some images, um, hit those places up because a lot of times, you know, even me and some of the other ones is you're frantically looking for shit
0: to post. Right, right. You have to go through a lot of junk, too, I'm sure. Oh, of
1: course. Yeah, I mean, we see just, I see even more shit. Um, So someone to reach out and say, hey, I've got this, you know, this new show, I've got new prints. Right. Uh, You know, what can you do? Oh, cool. You know, and when the person does say no, because, you know, I would have people that, like, painted really beautiful nature scenes uh, with, with like a wolf, and I'm like, "Whoa, dude! Wrong crowd." Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say, uh, "Sorry, it's not really, it's not really my crowd." But maybe check out these other profiles. The, the next comment would be, "Fuck you, asshole!" Right. Don't do that either.
3: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know. Um. Because a lot of times, maybe it's just not the time.
0: Yeah. 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 That, that I've always been a big proponent of, you know, be professional. You never know what someone in five years is going to be able to do for you or an opportunity that you might screw up five years down the line when they're ready for you. So oh, yeah. you got to treat people, you got to just suck it up and, and don't take things personally, which is hard for art, a lot of artists, I know, but you have to treat it like, okay, it's cool. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely don't understand the struggle of artists as much as you guys do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, from, from what I've, what I've understood over the years it's it's pretty much a struggle most of your life, Yeah, you know? Um, so kind of getting used to that, you know, Um, I mean, if you, if you make it huge and you know, you're the next Mark Ryden, that's fucking awesome. But you know, that's pretty rare.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: You know, um, but there are people like me that are out there that are like, "Fuck, dude, I want to see all this shit."
0: Right. You know. Yeah. No. And there's. I want to push it out there and see what
1: I, you know, see what I can do to help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's a lot. I, there. I. I. That's what I've been saying for um some time now is that this. I really think this movement is is can blow up. It really can become a a major player in the art world. I think. I mean, there's a lot of people that are into it more and more every day. I'm noticing
1: yeah I agree. And especially with the way that like the world's going in politics, right. and social issues and whatnot, I, I think it's important. I think you know, what just needs to change is this, you know behavior, you know, social social media has kind of reprogrammed us mm-hmm. to to look at posts as temporary things,
2: right.
3: to
1: look at look at bits and pieces of our lives as temporary things. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I think, also turned art into this thing where it's more of a product
2: right yeah yeah you
1: know because oh hey look what i have for sale Yeah, here's a print here's this definitely um and you know while i know that you know you have to sell art you have to sell prints um but sometimes you know for a lot of people out there especially those that can't afford the art you know the, the the images themselves the fact that the art exists is also important
0: yeah 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 it's important to keep that in mind Um, it's, it, it, gets away from you sometimes though, when you, when you have to pay the bills every month and you're like, (laughs) you don't even stop and think about this is an important piece. That's enriching people's lives. You're thinking, oh man, I got this bill due in three days. So I better do something, (laughs) you know, I better somehow monetize this really quick, you know?
1: Yeah, there's that. But I think there's also like every once in a while, I see artists doing crazy things that like I, I never thought of before. Like There's this one local artist here that, um, he puts stuff on Instagram and then he puts it for auction. So Mm -hmm. first person in the comments to put, you know, skull gets this piece.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's
1: purposely promoting people to comment.
0: Oh yeah. That's smart.
1: Um, and he's, you know, purposely getting people to kind of interact and they're also getting used to the fact that once, twice or three times a week, some work's going to show up randomly out of nowhere. Right. You know, so they're, they're kind of always looking at that feed.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause, cause they're going to miss out.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. Yeah. That's a great strategy. And again, I've seen people doing it and I never just, I never put two and two together until you said that it's like, that's really yeah. a smart thing to do.
1: Well, I think a lot of the habits artists have kind of hold over from, uh, you know, galleries.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You have
1: to do something this way. I'm going to do a print release. We've got to get it right. signed. We've got to have a hundred, You know, and then, you know, you make a hundred prints because, you know, a bunch of your followers on Instagram asked for them and you're like, Hey, everybody prints are ready. And then they don't sell Yeah, (laughs) because most of them just are saying that for some fucking reason. I don't know why. Right.
0: Their Um, intentions may be good.
1: Yeah. So instead maybe it's, you know, doing a pre-sale for the prints. Right. You know, or those, uh, like miles Johnson right now is doing like a time limited one, like from Friday at this time to Sunday at this time. That's all you have. Right. You buy them during that time, and then afterwards, whoever purchased one, those are the only ones that get printed.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, so maybe it's a run of twenty two. Right. Or five hundred and twelve. Right. Right. So you're purposely kind of doing that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So okay, so here this is here's a big one that people ask me about all the time, and that is hashtags. Now, Um, how important are hashtags? How do you use hashtags? Which hashtags do you not use? So those
1: those are constantly changing as well. I think in the beginning, you know, when we all started Instagram or Facebook, you can just use whatever the hell you wanted. Right. Um, but now, I think they're important, and I would aim for like eight. Okay. You know, six, eight, whatever. None of this fifty shit that I see.
0: That doesn't work. That doesn't benefit you if you have like fifty hashtags. No, does does no. it screw you up, or it just doesn't do any good?
1: It doesn't. I don't necessarily know if it screws you up or not. Um, Instagram has suggested a certain number. It's like 12 or some crap. I'm mm. not sure. But, um, I think the the issue is that the more you have, it doesn't necessarily mean their quality. Right. So I think it's more important to focus on like a small amount of quality. And okay. So,
0: what makes for what, what's quality in a hashtag?
1: So don't use hashtags that have millions of results. And I think, a lot of times artists will look at that and they'll go, dude, people are hell into this shit. Right. But what you're really doing is flicking like a pebble into an ocean. Right. You know what I mean? So that those, those results are being refreshed so fast that your work is going to get buried immediately. Right. Um, so I think now that Instagram has grown so much, I mean, I, I don't know if the, if I have the stats correct, but I think it's like every day it's like 25 million new posts on Instagram. Wow. Every day. Wow. So because of that, you can't put, you know, hashtag art and expect it to do anything, you know. So you'll see mine. I'll do like um, Chris Cuxie. I showed one of his works earlier. So I'll do instead of like art, I'll do assemblage art, Mm. mixed media art. I'll add that extra thing on there. And what I'll do is I'll purposely look at the results of the hashtags. Okay, this one's got... Ten thousand—that's pretty good. I'll get a couple of the ten thousands. Um, I'll get a couple hundred thousands. Oh, here's a seven hundred thousand. I'll grab a couple of those. Okay. I, I try my hardest to avoid the millions because okay. they just don't make
0: sense. Is there a, like a prime, primary uh, amount uh, that's th- like a sweet spot for a hashtag? Like I don't fifty thousand. Or... I think
1: it's more of like try to get a variety. Like
0: okay.
1: get a, sprinkle a couple that are real low. In the thousands, somewhere in the mid range, and then somewhere in the high. Or unless you want to own a hashtag. Right. You know, like let's say you wanted to own dystopia with the five. Right,
0: right. That's
1: yours. Keep fucking using it. Yeah.
0: That's what I've been doing with Chetzar hashtag Chet Zar from the beginning. But you also told me, um, what is it? Dark artwork was one yeah, that sure. was kind of small. And you were telling me, you know, you should keep on that one. And 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 I've been using dark artists. And dark artwork,
1: yeah, so dark artist is a good one. Um, let me take a look right now. I actually think I, it's getting too big,
0: really. I stopped uh, using dark art because that one was just huge,
1: yeah, so dark artwork is thirty five thousand. Go crazy, Dark artworks is six hundred, so it's starting to grow right um, but just dark art as a whole is already at three million.
0: yeah, it's useless then useless. So I would ditch it okay, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so keep on always kind of change the hashtags and they should also be different post by post. Not drastically different, you know, not oh, to where okay. they're like unrecognizable, but I see artists grab like a block of hashtags and they'll just paste it
2: for every post. Right, yeah. That's not good. That lo-
1: it, the way that I th- I think, I'm not 100% certain, but I think the way the algorithm works on these social media sites is that if you do anything that looks like a spam account, you'll get treated like one. Oh, okay. So if you're just copying, pasting and shit, cause you're not thinking, right. they're like, Dude, this person's just copying and pasting crap. Right. It's just a teen somewhere. There's like a room full of people just posting crap all day.
2: Right. Right. Um, the
1: other one is also posting too much. Okay. You know, I'll see people and they'll post every two hours, every hour, every two hours, you know, and I, you know, I can't imagine the the quality of a post being worth every hour. Right, right. You know, because if you're going to do that, you know, like let's say you have an opening of a show, don't post every hour. Do a story.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great advice. So what, what's a what's a good average amount of posting per day?
1: I do once. But okay. That's when I have that. Like I do once in the morning, and then that one doesn't do very well. And then the- I'll pull that one in the evening. Okay. But if I do one that just kicks ass, right? Um, I did one little set. It's like this, you know, vintage kind of, you know, golden age of animation kind of horror ones with Jason and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Freddy. Um, those hit like twenty-two thousand likes or something like that. Wow! I left them. Right. Yeah. Just let them simmer for a while. <laughs> let them let them cook a little bit. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. Is so sometimes posting too frequently after another post, you you kind of hijacked in a bad way, the other post.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You didn't know, you know, give it enough time to okay. kind of really achieve what it should achieve.
0: Yeah. I've heard that like edit going to, like if you post something wrong, a misspelling going into edit it right after you post it is, is fucks no. you up or
1: No, there's, I've noticed and that's not true. No, I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I have a, a really big feeling it's not. Okay. You know, and I think that has to do with just the technology. like, there's so much code behind these social media profiles that I really can't imagine there being code that would notify them that someone edited something. Okay. It just, it seems like something worthless to
0: monitor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They've got bigger problems.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's like putting like, you know, those doorbells that let you know you went into a mini Mart. Uh huh. That's like one on your bathroom at the house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know someone's using the bathroom, dude, you don't need to tell me. (laughs) So I think it's kind of the same thing with a code. Like, it, it a lot of these rumors. Like I look at them and I'm like I, I can't see that making sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, someone like you would would know that. I mean, that's that's where your your uh, environment and your expertise is really invaluable.
1: Yeah. You know. So edit edit stuff if you want. That's okay. cool. Um, I don't really think it matters if you put the hashtags in the post or in the comments. I okay. put them in the post. I put them in the post. Because I don't post to Instagram. I actually use software to post to Instagram for me.
0: Oh, really? What what software is that? It's it's just one called Buffer. Buffer, okay.
1: Yeah, and so I can actually like schedule out an entire month.
0: Oh, God, I got to do that.
1: It'll post post automatically for me, so I never even need to open my phone.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Okay, that's got to be great.
1: Oh, yeah, it's cool, and it's free.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: You can do paid accounts. The free has a limit. Um, but you know you can load it up and then give yourself some room to like do spontaneous posts
2: yeah right
1: Um, but yeah there's a lot of software out there that helps it just makes it real easy
0: that's cool that's great um what about does it matter if you have your hashtags like lower in the message like some people go dot 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 and they doesn't
1: i do that so what i do is I, i Body of the post, I give it a little space, and then I put the hashtags.
0: Yeah, it looks nicer. I mean, it kind of yeah. looks nicer, but that's it. It's a, it's an aesthetic thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just about readability. Just oh, kind of,
0: yeah, right.
1: See what's going on. But as far as where they are, I don't know. I, I found this post a while ago. This blog post that this curator, art consultant, did online, and everything this person said was like, "Dude, you're totally pulling this out of your ass." Like every one of these. <laughs> tips is just outlandish you Wrong. know like yeah like you know don't use capital letters it'll hurt your you know it's just all this weird shit i'm like where are you pulling this stuff wow. and the problem is is that they're teaching it to other people
2: yeah yeah you
1: know so everyone's going and running around on instagram and they're like you know make sure you don't take pictures of the sun because you know it'll burn people's eyes out or whatever yeah <laughs> it's just it's all the stuff that doesn't make sense yeah you yeah. know i think that the main things are Don't use hashtags that are too big. Don't post too frequently. Pay attention to what you're posting, and go crazy with crazy with stories. Wow, and that's that's really
0: yeah. It sounds like overall, from what you're saying, that Instagram rewards people who are are really taking time to think about making like putting thought into their posts. And, like making them, you know, interesting to look at, thoughtful hashtags that are not always, yeah,' it's it's more about being thoughtful and really thinking about what you're doing and paying attention rather than just taking a picture or something and posting it just because you have to,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like that that concert metaphor I gave you earlier. like when you know when there's hardly anybody at the concert or anybody at the party, right. everyone, everyone's interesting. But when there's too many damn people, You really start, you really have to start looking at the people that are really doing it right. Right, right. You know, oh, there's a life of the party. There's a life of the party. Let's focus on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Uh, and I don't think you have to really get too crazy with it, you know, like really mm. dedicate like half your time to it. It, It's more of just questioning before you post, does this add to the story of me? Mm. You know, do my followers, do my followers want to see this? or is this just an inside joke for me right right you know that's the biggest thing
0: you know one one thing that i noticed that really blew my mind is when i i I have a patreon now which is you know it's doing pretty well i haven't been promoting it as much as i should because i'm really i'm kind of pinning a lot of my hopes on that patreon because i know uh, a few artists that are making enough money that if i was able to do that it would Kind of be life changing for me. It would be like, yeah. wow, uh, this is inc- this would be. I wouldn't have to worry about anything. <laughs> I would just be like making content for Patreon. Um, but when I went over there, I stopped showing all these incremental progress photos because I'm saving all that content for my Patreon and for people that are willing to pay a dollar, I'm, I'm going to show them everything that's going on in my studio at, at all times and that's what they they want that they're willing to to pay for it and um so i started just posting um paintings old paintings of mine which i never used to do i would never cuz i've got a huge catalog of paintings and so i started just going okay i'm going to post you know the ego death painting or or the guardian or any any of these paintings just like a you know a nicely formatted image of it with the name, the, the, uh, year, the me- medium used and my usual hashtags. And those got way more consistent likes and comments than my little incremental. Hey, I worked today on this painting and you know, I made some progress on it. It's like, I, what I realized is on the Instagram people weren't, re- I don't think they were seeing the progress because it was so incremental, and when they're scrolling through a phone and you see like a cam, you know, close up of something, it's not that interesting. If they saw it yesterday, it, to them it looks like the same picture. They can't really tell that I did did some more work yeah. on it. And but seeing these finished images were, was it immediately boosted my my uh, likes and comments. So that was kind of a trip so it was it was like they want to see good paintings more than anything
1: yeah i mean i would still once in a while do like work in progress yeah i
0: definitely i I, i'm aware i need to do that for sure because i also don't want to like them to feel like i just kind of like see you later and went over to patreon you know so i I do need to do that a little bit more but 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 what they mostly want to see i think is are, are these finished nice pieces you know
1: yeah, definitely the I mean the, the finished pieces, like you said, I mean now that the feed for Instagram is not chronological, mm-hmm. seeing like step one, step two, step three yeah. doesn't make sense. Right, right. But um I think this is where video comes in and like Christopher Lavell is great at this. He'll post like he he did this one of like a dragon. It was right before Game of Thrones started. Mm-hmm. Um and you saw the screenshot first and it's this fucking badass-looking dragon, and you know, once I click this, I'm gonna watch him paint it right here.
2: Right, yeah, And yeah. It's all
1: sped up; it shows and every yeah. frame. So, if you're gonna do the work-in-progress stuff, just make it right there right. in post, and then you can right. do that to kind of get people excited about an upcoming print and upcoming show, or even hey want to see more of these check out the patreon
0: right that's a great that's a great idea that's a great point um yeah yeah again i didn't even think (laughs) i didn't even think about that (laughs) saving them up and doing them as a as as a multi you're talking about like a multi-image type thing also or Or
1: just like a really quick time lapse -lapse, yeah yeah, sketch theater so Yeah, yeah bringing back that little you know like i miss sketch theater i mean yeah, I don't really know how the whole thing functioned. It might have been hell for for. All I, I don't. I
0: just don't think it made really money for them. I don't think, but it was really popular.
1: It, it was. It was. It was. It was one of those things where, like, uh, I watched a lot, and mm-hmm. I was also showing people, like, dude, look at this fucking artist doing this shit. Yeah. Um. And so I think a lot of the things that sketch theater did, we can kind of create for social media.
0: Yeah, I think you everybody's know? doing sketch theater now. Actually, <laughs> that's the kind of the problem. It's not it, a special it is, anymore, it is but you know? a lot
1: of times, like I'll see a video, and the very first frame because that's the only one you see in Instagram, is just like bullshit. It's right. just like lines and you're like, eh, scroll, right. but if your first frame is the finished work, then they know, cool. this okay. is what I'm this is what I'm gonna see become created
0: right. So how do you do that? is that do you have to like edit, take that into an
1: no, so I think I'm not 100% sure. I I, I don't do a lot of videos cuz they just they don't do well for me at all. Oh, okay. Um but when you're uploading a video, I think you get to choose your cover image.
0: Okay, okay. I know so it's like it, that on YouTube for sure. Yeah.
1: So I think it's the same thing. You choose the cover image, this is the final one, and then let them go through the whole process.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that you know, but make doing a step-by-step in a in a series of images I think would be really cool too oh I mean, like do, just
1: like quick little like image shifts or just like in one video
0: well no like like uh still photos still photos of five or six progress shots you know you could do multiple images on an instagram post
1: oh yeah yeah uh galleries yeah yeah,
0: it do, yeah. Now, what is that is there any like pre- prejudice against using those in on instagram do they get less play or or
1: no, no. no. Um, the the series that I did of the I posted with the you know classic animation with the horror movies that was actually a gallery, okay. and that was when one that got twenty two thousand. Um, I think the only downside is that when you post a gallery, it might be less likely for someone to share
0: your post. Oh right, yeah, because then right. they have
1: to try to share the whole gallery. Yeah, it does You can't.
0: You can't do that. You can't share someone's gallery, right? You oh yeah, yeah. You can't yeah, do so it on, that, on the software that I to use, which is I forget what no, it's called. No, but Buffer
1: sh- website I mentioned—they have an app on the phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when I when you like copy a link to a post and bring it to the Buffer app, it'll bring the whole gallery with it.
2: Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: I'm kind of here nor there when it comes to people sharing posts. I know it helps, but at the same time, there's a lot of you know jerks out there that don't bring the credit with it yeah, when they, right. share stuff. yeah, so they'll just share something like it's There's even a few art profiles that I've gotten that' some pretty heavy arguments with. Um, that post shit. oh, hey, we're in a dark art community or we're an art community, and they don't tag anybody.
0: yeah, I've seen that too.
1: oh man. I've gotten into some pretty bad, yeah, some heated yeah ex- exchanges <laughs>
0: um because
1: you know they're doing
0: it specifically
1: for their own their own reward, oh. their, own appla- their own applause I, their own applause. Re-
0: yeah, I remember seeing uh a site or a, it may have been a Facebook page that had a bunch of my images. They were specifically cutting out my watermark. Yeah. You know, they're like blacking it out. So they were actually taking the time to black it out, which is like so lame.
1: Yeah. They're, they're not sharing, they're not sharing it. I mean, you know, you're, you're well aware of this, but the art world's full of a bunch of, of vultures mm-hmm. and, you know, social media made it really easy for those vultures to kind of show up. And yeah, you know, get, get the credit of having a huge profile for, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, even I realize that like my profile is huge, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. You know, I'm not walking down the street strutting, you know, like (laughs) it's not me. It's, it's everybody I share.
3: Right. Right.
1: Um, but there's a lot of people out there that don't see it that way. You know, they're just like, yeah, I got a big profile. And that's that, (laughs) again goes back to that idea of look at this huge number.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's what they're
1: interested in.
0: Yeah. So, you know, one thing I I remember talking to you about Instagram and being all irritated, you don't like feel any personal animosity towards Instagram and their algorithm changes. It seems like you were just kind of like, you're you're kind of like we're understanding of it.
1: I'm understanding of it. I think partly because I, I don't, I don't know of another way they could have done what they're doing right now. Right. And I'm not going to agree with all their changes. Okay. Um, you know, definitely at the end of the day, they're a business that has to make money. So they're going to do some shit that we don't agree with. Yeah. But I know a lot of people get upset at the algorithms. And I don't think a lot of people take into account the fact that nothing has been done like this in history.
0: Right. Yeah. And they're dealing you know, with all kinds of shit that no one's ever dealt with before and they have to figure out how to parse it all and have it make sense.
1: There is no rule book. This is like uncharted territory. Um, and so, you know, when, when you get to this point, like everyone wants the chronological feedback, I think it would be a disaster.
0: Okay. Why would it be a disaster?
1: So I follow, let me just guess a little bit here. Um, take a peek. Um, I'm following just 1,500 people. Mm-hmm. So let's say hypothetically, and this is pretty unlikely, that 1,500 people post something in one day. Okay. How long is that going to take me to scroll through? Yeah. You know, I've got a job. I've got, uh, you know, travel. I like sleeping and eating. <laughs> I'm addicted to hanging out with my wife. Um so I, I think the chronological feed was really important to get us where we were. But now that we've got those 50 million uploads per day and hundreds of millions of people around the world uploading sandwiches and cats, mm-hmm. something needed to come in and go, you know what? Your sandwich isn't worth as much as this person's painting. I'm sorry. Right, right. You know. And I, I know that everyone wants to be on a le- level playing field, but we can't be.
0: Yeah, because in theory, what you you would... If you didn't scroll through those fifteen hundred in one day, it would maybe transfer over till the next day if it was chronological. Fifteen hundred more. And then it would just keep building up, so you'd be getting these old posts probably, right? Or yep. you wouldn't be current. So yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. All I mean, I I always have this feeling that I'm missing stuff. You mm-hmm. know, and, and part of it is actually to the benefit of Instagram and Facebook, that feeling of missing out gets you to sign back in again. But if you signed in and spent twenty minutes looking at your phone and saw nothing you liked, you'd be less likely to sign in again later
2: right so right they
1: they rank the post that you're seeing, okay. Josh liked you know this artist this many times. He likes that artist. keep showing it to him
3: okay yeah it, they're, right. they're
1: all little they're all little dopamine hits, right? Mm-hmm. So you know they're 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 making it to where I want to sign in again because I don't want to miss another Chris Mars painting right. You know, um, so I, I really don't know of another way they could have done it, and I know it. You know, it pisses a lot of artists off, and I've been in quite a few comment conversations where people let me know I'm an a hole for even <laughs> bringing it up. But, um, yeah, it's. I, I think there's not enough conversation sometimes, and and this is pretty blunt, but sometimes what you made just maybe wasn't worth seeing. Right. You know, sometimes the thing you did didn't make as much impact as you thought it would. Right. There's there's a lot of looking outwards and pointing fingers at why stuff's not happening. And yeah, a lot of those fingers are pointed to Instagram. I'll agree with that, but um, there's not enough kind of saying, well, maybe the thing I posted just wasn't worth it. Right.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. There was other, there were other better paintings that day by other artists that this person saw because they were better. Yeah. And exactly. not, not only that, like me, for example, you know, I, I'm sitting I was just complaining today uh to this other artist about how I can't get past hundred and seven thousand and um I haven't done all the all the stuff you've told me to do I haven't I just because it's and it's not so much because I don't want to it's because it's really hard for me to find the time like I'm completely yep. strapped um and and but that's more about me and my time management and and if I'm you know if I really really wanted to do it, which I do, I would force myself to go to bed at ten o'clock get up at five in the morning and, you know, schedule myself. That's really what I need to be doing. And that's Uh, like, (laughs) it's hard to do.
1: (laughs) I I honestly can't imagine an artist. I mean, most, most artists (laughs) live crazy hours. Yeah,
0: I know. You know,
1: I'm, I'm more energetic in midnight anyway, you know? So yeah, I think people are just working too much. I mean, even here in the Bay area, people have two, three jobs or they have jobs they put in 60 hours a week or all these new time-sharing jobs like Instacart and Uber and Lyft and, you know, um, doing things to enrich ourselves is kind of taking a back seat now.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: So it's tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. These are crazy, crazy times, crazy times, but, um, I'm glad to be in them for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about this cause I know this is like, you deal with it every day. It's probably kind of boring to you at this point, but it's so important. Um,
1: I definitely don't get too bored. And I think part of that's because sometimes I feel like the crazy dude on the street corner with the sign. (laughs) who's like, I know the
0: answer. You won't listen to
1: me. You won't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Hey, do this thing. And no one's listening. They're like, yeah, whatever you tinfoil hat. Um, so it it doesn't get boring. I'm still interested in it. and, And, you know, I think it goes back to just, how much I think about art, and you know the things I think about that can help it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the things you know. You've heard me quite a few times talk about Ello, You know, right? As as, as another site to kind of go to. Yeah, and,
0: and I started that, and I haven't posted on it. It's like it's. it's I'm just as guilty as.
1: Well, the I mean, next to person. be honest, I I don't really know. It has everything that I think artists wanted. Mm-hmm. You know. A but desktop website, using a mobile desktop. Well, I think the problem is is that all that's there is artists.
0: Right. You know. Yeah, and, yeah. You need collectors and, and viewers, you know.
1: Exactly. And so what we need is a social media app that has creators and creatives, but at the same time gives collectors and other people that maybe don't make stuff to share a mm-hmm. reason to be there. Right. You know. Um Instagram gave them a reason to be there and that's taking a picture of their vacation and shit like that. But hello, I don't think gave a reason for collectors to be there right. or, or fans or art lovers or, you know,
0: and it um, could change, it, you know, people, it could, pe- but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't seem yeah. like it's going to anytime soon, but
1: no, it, it hasn't changed much. I mean, to be honest, I, stopped posting there as well
0: yeah
1: and the reason why i stopped posting there because again i'm posting other people's content and when i would post art there they would be these huge freaking images right yeah yeah comfortable because i basically posted up an image worthy of printing out
2: oh yeah
1: yeah you know and that's that's not my art it's not my choice yeah to, to, to make that decision to say hey Here's a perfect eighteen by twenty four inch image, you guys. Pop it up right. at your local, at your local Kinkos, <laughs> you know. Um, so I kind of stopped doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that, it was so weird how Facebook took over. I remember MySpace and thinking, oh, yeah. and and Facebook came out while I was on MySpace, and I th- kept thinking, Facebook is just. Not as cool as MySpace. I don't like it as much. And then it was like, I don't know how it happened. Everybody went to Facebook all of a sudden. It was kind of the only game in town. And uh, it was such a weird thing. And it shows you how powerful these things are because it's like, oh, I had 30,000 followers on there. And now it's just useless to me. And I have to start all over again.
1: Yeah. And that could happen again Mm -hmm. with Facebook. It can happen again with Instagram. I mean, what was that one app that came out a while ago? Ven- not Venmo. That's a pay app. Uh, Vero.
0: Right. When everyone jumped on and for a second, and then <laughs> yeah,
1: everyone was there, and then it turned out that the CEO was crazy or something, right. so everyone left, and and that's just going to keep happening.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and um, that, that's why I think it's important to have you know a, home uh, base. a website, yeah. a home base.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably the best advice you've given all interview. That's, that's, that's really important. Uh, mine hasn't been updated since 2014. So, well, and
1: I know it's tough, too, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the benefit is, is that there are places like Squarespace now, and I used to be against all that shit. Cause I used to do like freelance web design.
2: Oh, really? Uh,
1: yeah. And you know, someone would be like, Oh, well, I just use Squarespace. And the way I looked at it at the time was like, you, what do you mean? M- make your own pizza? No, all no, right. no. I'll make your pizza <laughs> for you. Um, but now I'm like, no, I think Squarespace is great. Yeah, and, and part of that has to do with the fact that you're going to pay monthly for a web host anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to fix all the updates on your own website, all the hacking attempts, right? All the issues, or you can just pay Squarespace, yeah, and then right. all all that's their problem.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You know, they have to deal with hackers. They have to deal with updates. Yeah, let let them take care
0: of it. Yeah, and the, the templates look great. I mean, they, I've seen websites that look amazing. Yeah, that are from Squarespace. You know. Yeah. yeah. And
1: a lot of them are easy to set up and, you know, um, you don't have to keep on paying some freelance graphic designer or web designer, right. you know, I'm putting myself out of freelance work, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd honestly rather have the control in artists' hands. Right. You know, as opposed to, to, to being basically, you know, at the, at the whim of another person because right. you're already at the whim of gallery owners and, You know, everybody else that wants to jump up and dip their hands in your pocket. Mm -hmm. um, You don't need web, you know, you don't need someone else doing that as well. Right. You know, sure, there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of web designers listening to this, just gritting their teeth, just you mother.
0: (laughs) I, you know, I, I've been telling you this forever um, and wondering why you haven't done it. And that is maybe, maybe it's your time limitations, but I thought, I always thought there was a way that you could somehow, um, make earn earn money by teaching this stuff you know
1: yeah i remember that we've had a, quite a few of those and yeah. I, think, I think the problem comes down that i'm i'm not a really good salesman when it comes to like me
0: you oh, know interesting so, so, yeah. you're, you're so, good at telling everybody else how to market themselves but <laughs> oh man i
1: i I'm, well you know i'm also really bad at taking compliments uh, um you know i and that that's probably why I got into art history, because it really had nothing to do with me. Right. You know, it had more to do with looking at what other people were doing. Hmm. And so, you know, those few shows that I did curate in Monterey in the Bay Area, I noticed the opening night, I didn't have as much fun talking to people as I thought I would. Right. You know, like, I'm happy to talk to people about art and, you know art history and current art that's going on right now. And isn't that crazy that this inspired this and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But to me, that's more of sitting in a pub with a couple beers chatting about art. Right. Whereas in a gallery setting, it's more like, let me tell you all the reasons why you should part with your money.
0: Right. Yeah. It's a sales job. It's totally a different thing.
1: There is a person that's really good at that. And it's, it's not me. Yeah. So (laughs) when I have to be in the situation where I'm like, let me tell you why you should listen to me that it it, to me it just
2: it's hard for you to do it
1: it makes me feel like narcissistic and we have we have a lot of narcissists trying to run things right now right um that's for sure yeah so (laughs) i I would and that's kind of why i created that website that you were talking about linking to is it was more about like how can i put this information somewhere Mm -hmm. and then just let people find it
2: right
0: right Share it. Just let it be free. Right. Yeah. 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 You know? Well, once we get the, um, dark art society website up, uh, I would definitely link to that, but you know, I would love it if you could, you know, write articles for it or just tips or having, have a monthly column or ask something. Cause this information is so valuable and so important.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to honestly like the website that I have all that information on. Anyway, I'm happy to let it go, mm-hmm. and then I'll just dump all that shit there.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. You know, yeah, um, that would be great.
1: Because back to you know me being a spaz, wanting to start fifty projects, mm-hmm. I ended up over like the over the last decade, like I have like I think I've bought like fifty domain names.
0: <laughs> I know I have a bunch too. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just like hey, this would be a great idea, and I would buy the domain name and start it. And yeah. You know, I, I, I've become this like digital hoarder. Right. (laughs) So I I need to kind of, I need to kind of stop. Yeah. Um, So having a place to put it, you know, would be cool.
0: Yeah. Well, people are hungry for this kind of information in the, especially in the dark art scene. I think, Um, I think part of that is because the dark art, if you're going to be doing this, you know, uh, for marketing purposes and talking about purposes, I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's the dark art term. That's what it's for, you know, um, but I think that it's such a weird niche kind of movement that most of the people that are doing it are doing it because they're really into it. You know, like why else if you're if you're looking to make a living, you know, like when I started, that was part of my whole thing is like I was going to test the Joseph Campbell theory because no one's going to buy monster art as fine art, you know? And so I kind of like proved that it was, it was true that if you do follow your bliss and all that stuff, it, it will kind of work out for you. Um, but I think that because it's such a weird and kind of challenging art movement that the pe- people, the vast majority of the people are are doing it for really the right reasons. And, and so they really need this information to survive in this new, you know, digital social media era, you know? Yeah. So the, I, the, the point being is that, you know, the people that go to the, the, the dark art society website, listen, to the podcast, I think are very, um, in need of this information, but very serious about it. And, and it's like, you know, doing it for the right reasons. So it's, it's, you know, it's not like you're, going to the biggest platform for people to learn about how to market artwork. It's like, it's more like a smaller, maybe a smaller group, but people that are really into it and doing it for the right reasons, I guess is what I'm saying. Maybe.
1: Yeah. And I would rather honestly kind of help the smaller Right. Group anyway, you yeah. Know, um, I've always dug, dug the underdogs. Same I don't here. Like the, I, <laughs> yeah, I you know, and I kind of I wish that the whole dark art crowd wasn't underdogs, but I think to a certain extent they always kind of will be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's because I think a majority of the public doesn't really want to look, you know, right. at, at it. Um, and you know, I, I've heard you a few conversations, ha- you know, have have a few conversations about you know the term dark art. Right. Um, which I still want a dark art number 1 t-shirt.
2: Yeah. We got to make that. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but I honestly think it's the best term. And yeah. I think I think the issue is that a lot of people wanted like a really cool term. Right. Where, you know, I I love baroque. I love the term mm-hmm. baroque and rococo and renaissance and all these great things, but you know, dark art explains exactly what it is and I think people look at this term dark and they think immediately horror. Right. And I think, I think it has to do more with that kind of emotional thing about ourselves that we push down, mm. you know? So it's yeah. not necessarily dark as in like, Oh, I'm spooky. Right. It's it's more of like, you know, dark art to me is kind of like a, a mirror, you know, reflecting back, you know, you know, we're we're both sides, we're good and we're right. horrible, disgusting people. Mm-hmm. And, I don't think the art is to glamorize that. I think it's to remind us that we're that way. Right. We've committed horrible atrocities. I mean, Goya painted some paintings, the Disasters of War series kind of showed that. Right. You know, and I'm not going to say it woke everybody up, but I think for that few select people that look at it, they get reminded, holy crap you know, this is what we're capable of.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: And, Pe- and I think for a lot of people, it kind of helps their behavior and reminds them why it's important. Um, one of the phrases that have been stuck in my head the past couple of years, especially with all the stuff that's going on is that, you know, kindness is now rebellion.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 What a trip. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so dark art kind of reminds me to, to, to keep that rebellion up, you right. know, so that the next time I'm on a bus and someone's yelling at somebody cause they didn't like where they came from, you know, that that's not rebellion anymore. That's not niche anymore. Right. That's, it's becoming the norm. Yeah. To be that kind of person, even if you're chilling with a mohawk and a leather jacket that's got Slayer on the back to stand up and say, Hey dude, shut up and leave that person alone.
0: Right. Right. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. it's rebellion now. It's like I was, said before it's kind of like everything is flipped upside down now and it's like the people that are, are are rebelling and 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 the troublemakers are kind of the good guys now it seems like to me yeah you know the the, the agitators and the um uh you know the dark artists for, for one thing it's like it's we're kind of like I don't know. I think we're the good guys. <laughs> and it's like the, the people that the, the um, uh, how do I say it without sounding, without pissing somebody off? Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Trumpers and stuff that are like, Mr. White bread, you know, leave it to beaver type, you know, <laughs> a lot of these guys are the bad guys, you know, and well, there,
1: there's definitely a lot of people right now, you know, and and that, that's been a challenge for me as well. That That's honestly been the most challenging thing about running, you know, that Instagram profile is to keep my own political views out of it, mm-hmm. uh, which has been really tough, you know, because yeah, there's a lot I of, bet. yeah, there's a lot of art that comes up where I'm just like, oh, shit. But I know, and, and I don't refrain from it because of the backlash. Um, I refrain from it because, you know, again, it really has nothing to do with me. Right, you know, I didn't dictate what you painted, just like I didn't dictate what anybody else painted. Right. Um, so I, I leave a lot of that stuff out because sometimes when I really look past the politics of it, it just wasn't a good piece of art. Right. Uh, but it's true. There is there's a lot of a lot of people right now that I think are are making decisions and showing behaviors that are specifically selfish.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Self- it's, it's like the '80s in a way, where yeah, greed is good and all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's. I want you to change all this stuff because this is my values. Well, I'm open enough to realize that there's probably a bunch of shit I do that's fucking wrong. Right. It's wrong. My, I might be wrong with politics. I might be. I might. You know. Uh, I'm a vegan, and I might find out in ten years that was stupid. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I might be, and I'm open for that. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people aren't. I think when you challenge their beliefs they they take it personal as if you're saying you're stupid right? as opposed to just saying you could be wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing that bugs me the most about um, social media, seeing people argue on Facebook. It's like, in, and I'm guilty of this as well. It's like, everybody is like, I'm right. It's like this coming from this po- standpoint of I'm right. And most people are wrong, you know? And it's like, you know what? nobody's always right. Every, I can, you know, I've, everybody has made stupid mistakes throughout their whole life. It's not a bad thing to make a mistake and admit it's a good thing. If you, if you made a mistake, it's a good thing to admit it. And, and you know, so many people like, have this are wearing this front like you know they've they've been ahead of the curve the whole time and they know what's going on and and it's like nobody's like that (laughs) you know it's like everybody's human everybody fucks up you should really you know try and approach things from the the point of view that we're all fucked up you know
1: yeah we're all fucked up and, and definitely being wrong like, my greatest periods of growth was right before I realized how much I didn't know.
2: Right, right. You know,
1: right before some <clears throat> professor came out and said, hey, that was a great argument, but look at this side instead. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, you know. And I think that's a big problem right now, aside from the fact that everybody in the comments section is automatically a scientist and a doctor now. Yeah. <laughs> is the fact that people are so afraid to hear they're wrong. Right. You know, when it's not going to, it's not going to change you as a human being, you know, it's not going to, you know, remove people from your, no one's going to say you're wrong and then your dog runs away because of it, you know, it's not going to drastically change your life. You're wrong. The worst thing that can happen is that you'll learn something new.
0: Right. And become a better person because of it. Yeah. You
1: know, I, I actually like, I mean, I don't want to find out that I'm wrong 100% of the time, but you know, when I find out that I don't know something you know, I'm kind of like a glutton for learning new shit. So right. when someone goes, oh, you don't know that. I'm like, cool, here's some new shit I can learn.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, and I jump on it.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I'll, but- I'll, I'll, I'll never forget uh, one time this has really hit home for me personally is I posted a progress image on Instagram and, you know, I, I I've been blessed with like the most amazing fans. I really, everyone is so supportive of me. I, I hardly get any hate. It's, it's I, shocking. I,
1: honestly, I've never seen any.
0: Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's so rare. And, and I don't,
1: and I don't creep on your comments. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like I'm not see what people are saying today.
0: I, I, I'm not sure why that is, but I, I I'm not going to question it because it's great. <laughs> Cause I don't have to deal with it. But, um, I, I expected a lot more of it when I was starting out. Uh, but, but regardless, I, I, um, posted a picture and I got a comment on, on Instagram about it was from like some art school or something, their profile. And this person running, it was like, you know, if you uh, did this with your values here, your, your painting would be much more successful. And of course my first impulse was like, who do you tell who are you yeah. to tell the great Chet Zar that his painting's not right? And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna slow down here. I'm gonna think about what they said, and they were totally right about it. And I was, and and I, it was it was an area where I I had a weakness in my painting skill, and. I respond after I thought about it. I was like, holy shit, they're totally right. And I made the change and it was huge. And it, and it was, it allowed for a huge jump in my skill as a painter. It was like this one thing that problem I didn't even realize I had until this person pointed it out. They didn't do it in an asshole way or anything either. And and I thanked them for it. You know, it's like, and they were like, wow, we didn't expect that response. <laughs> Cause, you know, yeah. I think they were kind of braced for it, for me coming back at them. But, but, uh, it, it just was, like I said it was a huge um I I improved so much as a painter from that one comment a a, a construct uh constructive critique of a painting of mine and they were right on the money and if I had just gone with my initial gut ego driven response I would probably I wouldn't be as good as artist as I am today because of that you know and that that goes for everything you know what I mean oh
1: totally yeah like I was I was actually telling this to, you know, I've got a a friend at work that's helping me learn programming some more Mm. and you know, I told him, I said, you know, I've taught myself, you know, programming and Photoshop and a lot of stuff. And my skill set, I look at like a giant block of Swiss cheese. There's fucking holes everywhere, right. <laughs> you know, and I think that's with everybody.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And it's the people that look at their skill set like this beautiful finished kind of thing that doesn't need improvement. And that's wrong.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, absolutely. you're
1: always going to learn something and there's always going to be some massive hole in your Swiss cheese of skills that, mm-hmm. that someone noticed that you didn't.
0: You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's yeah that, that's kind of i i was i brought that up earlier and i'm not sure if we got into it but um yeah the, the kind of honest critiquing that we need to do definitely is uh, from artist to artist within the dark art community like there's a lot of you're doing great you know this is awesome and it's like you know that's not really awesome actually it's not you know you need to do this and this you need to deal with these issues to become a better artist and that's going to serve the community a lot better. Uh, I think that's one thing that the the scene is lacking a little bit. But it, like I said, it's because we're kind of so used to being on the d- the defense that uh, we're a little bit sensitive about it. But I yeah. I, I hope I, I wish that I hope that in the future we can be more critical with one another as artists, so that we all improve. You know? Uh,
1: yeah, I definitely I definitely think it's being on the defense. Uh, also, being just. You know, as you mentioned, being used to the fact that, you know, someone's going to come onto your profile or your comments and say something shitty that you have to prepared for.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Quit
1: quit painting, you suck, you know, or whatever. (laughs) But I think it also has to go back to the fact that, you know, so many artists are dealing with their stuff like products. So when someone does come along and give you a critique, you're like, dude, are you critiquing my product? Right. Are you you hindering my sale?
0: Right, right. Yeah, you're messing with... My living.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Get get off my Kool-Aid, buddy, right? Um, And so I think a lot of times, you know, artists don't allow that to happen because they're looking at them too much like competition. Right. And I've never really understood that. One, because, you know, you have people like me who clearly is a glutton for art that will put it everywhere. Mm -hmm. But um, we have different tastes, you know? So, like, if if I'm in a certain mood, I want to hear, you know, some Devo or something like that, which I know you're a big fan yes. of. Um, you listen to Devo. If you're not in the mood, you don't hope that Devo had a completely different album that sounded like Slayer. You just <laughs> listen to Slayer. Yeah, right. You know, and so it's the same thing with artists. Like, if I'm in the mood to look at something super emotional and super critical and you know i'm going to look at like kathy kolwitz for example that did like heartbreaking charcoals and stuff
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know um, mother mothers holding their children and stuff like that i'll look at them and then when that's torn me up too much i'm going to look at some charlie emer that's some weird spaghetti right. skeletons <laughs> i, love I don't stuff. think she should do it right you know? right and exactly. so that's lack too is that this idea that you're not in competition with anybody you're actually all a part of the same little clique that could hold each other up.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we'll all, you know, we'll, we, we all benefit. We all benefit when we support each other. It's simple as that.
1: Yeah. I think, I think artists could really do, especially in the dark art scene could, could really do a lot better by actually looking at the way musicians deal with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll hold each other up. Hey, we'll bring you on tour. Right. I mean, how many band- have brought someone on tour that the opening band that was just there did better than that, right? You know, opened up and just killed. Now yeah. I, I've got to go follow this. Like, what the hell? But yeah. they do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that a lot of lessons can be learned from that, right? You know, right. Um, but that's also with the fans too. They could learn that you know, hey, it's okay that this artist took a break and did a whole new series,
2: right? Like, yeah.
1: Um, I won't mention it, but there's a few artists over the years that you know. It's at the point now where you can predict what their next painting will look like right. because it's formulaic. You're just like, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I think it's good when when an artist kind of thinks in series as well. Like you've done series, mm. you know. Um, I don't know if that's really super popular with a lot of dark artists. They seem to kind of churn through the same stuff. But I think those are a lot of the stragglers too.
0: Right. That are yeah. just,
1: Making dark art for dark art's sake.
0: Right, right. Yeah, there, there's definitely uh, uh, levels of it for sure too. There's, there's like, like I've said before, there's a very superficial level of just you know horror, shocking, gory art, which is fine though. It's got its place and people dig it, and that's cool, you know. And I think that's fine. And then there's the deeply emotional intense you know like psychologically complex kind of stuff and that's cool it's like it's i see it all under this umbrella of the dark art term you know yeah um i i know what you're saying though about the 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 people on the fringes that are just kind of doing it to to make a quick buck but i think that that's there's less of those people than in normal art scenes because this art scene at this point doesn't make a huge amount of money. You know, yeah. it's not, there's not like a Mark Ryden in our scene, really, that's alive anyway. That would be like a Giger or Bekshinsky. You know what I'm, I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I don't, I don't know if there will be one. I mean. I hope it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, so do I. No, I'm just kidding. I think, I think like, just like stable would be awesome. Yeah. I know because, my concern sometimes with things getting super popular is getting super popular and crashing just as fast.
0: Yeah, that happened with like the street art scene. I mean, that yeah. was street art was the biggest thing and it happened so fast and then nobody gives a shit about it anymore. I mean, people will always like street art, but it was it's not like it was, you know, not even.
1: Exactly. Like my, my worry is like I don't want to look at like, you know so the bees one day or whatnot and there's like some dark art right piece, you know being auctioned absolutely. off yeah yeah for, for sure ten million dollars and the artist is somewhere in a hotel Right. <laughs> more stew out of a can. Oh
0: absolutely no you know
1: that's that's not cool.
0: I, I'm like, you know, I, I'm very inspired by Mike Watt. I don't know if you know Mike Watt and the Minuteman and yeah, yeah. He's like Mike Watt is you know the guy who started the Minuteman with D boon and George Hurley and they were amazing groundbreaking punk band that was totally their own unique thing. He, uh, after the guitar player, D Boone, died, he went on to do uh, Firehose, which is another amazing, different kind of band. And he has done solo albums after that. He is the bass player for the Stooges now. He plays with all these, all these other bands. He, he lives the art life through, through uh, his, his music and his bass playing. And he still lives in Pedro. San Pedro where I'm from, he's like, he he still tours in an Econoline van. He is totally like, you know, doing it the same way he used to do it. But but the guys at this point, he's got to be loaded, (laughs) you know, like doing a tour with the Stooges as a Stooges bass player for years now. He's a permanent member of the band, Iggy Pop. And it's like, you know, you make a lot of money doing that. And it's like, he did the slow and steady climb and he never had to compromise his artistic vision and he never had to do like a big sellout thing and and i'm sure he's got plenty of money he's more than comfortable and it's like i think most of that most of us that's what we, we want we want to be just be comfortable we don't have oh, to be would, fucking would, yeah multi-billionaires you know
1: that that life sounds awesome yeah I mean, You know, honestly, one of the things that sounds like the most depressing to me is just being around a bunch of people that are super concerned with money and that's all they have to talk about. Like, you know, I I would rather go hang out with a bunch of punkers or go to some show that afterwards we're going to hit up some sketchy ass taqueria, Mm. you know, get a burrito (laughs) or something like that and have fun. Like, you know, those are the best times I had growing up and they're still the best times I have. Right. um... As opposed to you know going to these events in the city or something like that where everybody's really concerned with how they look, what they're wearing, what right, they're
3: doing, yeah, and it's
1: everything other than something like truly memorable,
2: right? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so I, I would I would do the same thing. I you know if I did do quite well and you know make you know Travolta money, <laughs> if that's a, if that's a way to measure it, I would totally be riding the subway still.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's for me. That's kind of he's he's really like an inspiring person. Uh, Jello Biafra is another guy that's like you know these people just never gave up their integrity, and but they didn't, but they but they still managed to be smart about you know their businesses, you know, and and yeah, take 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 a longer time to get there, but still get financially stable at some point, and and be comfortable and and it's really it's the whole diy concept you know it's it's really a doable thing so i would be happy with that the other thing about the this the art dark art scene not getting too mainstream is that you know how it is with like underground music you feel like you have your special thing that everybody's not clued into and yeah. and it's and it's cool to, when when you you know it's as much as to me it's like a band like no means no or the Minutemen, that should be like the beatles to me it's that good it's it's equal and to me it's like it just proves that the world is fucked up that that these guys aren't like the beatles but at the same time it's it's kind of cool that we have that that we have our own little thing and they're still doing it, and they're they're may, they're doing it even though they're not getting Beatles money, you know. They're doing it for the art, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'll agree with that. Like, I, I see more passion in it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because if you can keep going while you're struggling, you know, and and that's what I used to say a lot of the times when someone wanted to start an art website, you know, like, hey, what are some tips? And I'd be like, if if you can't see yourself doing this in years, yeah, absolutely. By by being obscure, then you don't love it. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. you're going to go through some shit periods yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. You know? Um, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned Mike Watt and like, I, I feel the same, like I, I dig Henry Rollins and
2: yeah, exactly. you know, all
1: these, and they just keep doing their thing, yeah. you know, and you'll see like little bumps in popularity, like, Oh cool. They got to be on this talk show or whatever, but it never explodes into, you know,
0: yeah, mega stardom.
1: Yeah, let's see what brand of socks Henry Rollins is wearing. No one cares.
2: Right, right.
1: It does. It doesn't turn into that level. Yeah. And I think that's the, the the great place to be is because you're you know you're, you're stable and you're not trying to fulfill expectations of people, who aren't really concerned with your work.
0: Right. Exactly. They're
1: concerned with what everyone else is thinking.
0: Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, you know I will buy every one of Mike Watt's albums. Yeah, it's like for the rest of my life, because, you know, I'm totally into what he does and I'm so supportive. And it's like those are the it's just like what you're saying with the Instagram engaged viewers or whatever, the people that comment, the people that are those are the people that will sustain you. You know, the people that are the the hundred thousand people that are they're just kind of like semi-fans or they think your stuff's kind of cool, they're not going to be there for you in 10 years, you know, they're going to be off onto something else. It's like the people that are really into you enough to really, you know, take time to comment on your posts are the ones that will sustain you over your lifetime. And those are the ones that matter. And the other ones don't matter at all. They might as well not be there.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I mean, they'll, 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 the, the fans will show themselves. And that that actually, you mentioned that it kind of reminds me like one of the things that, you know, I have like a long wish list of what I wish Instagram did Mm -hmm. or what a new one would do um, is being able to identify those people easier. Mm. You know, like, oh, hey, you know, Joey liked every post I made this month
0: yeah let's send
1: joey a pack of stickers
0: no kidding yeah that's a great idea let's let's
1: do something to kind of let him hey i see you dude right um you know or lady um and to be able to 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 kind of point that out you know and i don't believe like in rewarding people all the time with money because it should be intrinsic as well right um but it i can i can understand sometimes how it's hard to be a fan. Cause you know, there's quite a few, even me uh, artists that I like where I, I comment and then you check like a week later and no one saw my comment, Right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. maybe I wrote something kind of heartfelt,
2: right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, and I, yeah.
1: I felt, I felt nervous writing that mm-hmm. and now I wrote it and eh, no one saw it yeah. except for that one troll that let me know that, you know, I'm a booger face or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, so, so being able to kind of recognize those people would yeah. be good. Really, Cause you get to do that at galleries, you know, right. if the people have enough, you know, uh, I guess courage, mm-hmm. you know, to, to walk up. And I usually don't like, uh, I went to a show in San Francisco once where uh, Glenn Barr was there mm-hmm. and it took me like 35 minutes to walk up and talk right. to him. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I've been in that situation with Mark Ryden and yeah, people that I look up to as well.
1: It, well, part of it has to do with me especially, but like, worrying about talking to the person and then they're just a horrible human being. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you're like, oh, man, cause I, I still believe you should be able to separate the art and the artist. Right. You know, cause there are a lot of great works of art made throughout the centuries that were made by horrible people. Right. Um, but it, 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 still hits you. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, the few times I, I've met some, you know, musicians like uh, what's that, that NAM in LA that happens every mm. year with all the music. I, mean, I used to work for a Guitar Center and shit, and they'd send me to that. And um, I met a few musicians where afterwards I was like, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, really. They're just horrible human beings. Um, and then when I I learned quickly that when I was going to meet them, I would just talk to him real quick and then leave. Right. But that turned into me talking to him real quick and then running away. <laughs> um, which I think, I think Kevin key from skinny puppy probably saw me run away like a little elf, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause I got an autograph real quick and then I yanked the pen out of his hand. <laughs> cause I just wanted to get it done and over with right. without talking to him. Yeah. So I was like, ah, and then I ran away and he probably saw this, you know, little dude. Cause he's a giant human being. Uh, um, and I'm kind of short, uh, so we probably saw this little, you know, <laughs> Scooby-Doo character running away.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big part of the reason I'm, I, I try, I mean, I, I, the main reason I do it is because I really appreciate the fans. Like I, I, since I started late in the game, I, I didn't start painting till I was 33, made this huge career change. I really appreciate the fans, you know, the people that will, come to the shows the people that comment the people that buy stuff for me it's like i know that without them i have no career i have nothing i can't keep doing what i'm doing but i also do not want anyone to ever have that experience when they meet me you know that 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 experience of oh this guy's an asshole and you know i just travel two hours or three hours to come and see him um, I would just feel awful making someone feel bad like that. Even if I'm in, not in a great mood or something, I always really try and, you know, show them that I appreciate them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? That's, that, that's definitely cool. Um, you know, and sometimes it's hard to please people here. I'm going to shift up here a little bit. Okay. I definitely think it's hard to please people sometimes. I mean, I've, I've, I've gone to a few art shows where, um, I had the chance to talk to the artist and, one in particular had a bunch of iconography in the work Mm -hmm. that was definitely taken from like Renaissance works. Mm -hmm. So I got super excited. I was like, let's talk about this while you're doing it. And every answer was, uh, cause it looks cool. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was nothing behind it and it kind of deflated me a bit because right. i was like i thought i was going to get my art history geek on yeah just you
0: knew you more about it than the artist did
1: yeah and they were just like because eh, it looks cool yeah but i also know that that's super rare too you know yeah, it's yeah. not always um some you know art history geek or you know someone like that kind of asking about all these questions
2: right, you know a lot right. of
1: times it's just walking up and saying hey I love what you do. I appreciate it. You inspire me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're at over two hours, so I've taken up enough of your time. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I would love to have you on again sometime because you're a wealth of knowledge. We haven't, we didn't even really get into your whole art history background and that to me is like an episode on its own. I would love to, you know, if, if you're into that, I would love to have you on to talk about art history. Um, also yeah sure you know, everything you know marketing you're a huge supporter like i said you're 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 like a, a, a um an unsung hero of the dark art movement so hopefully after people will, will hear this and uh, realize how much they owe you cuz you you know you were doing it before anybody else was doing it as far as pro- promoting this stuff so i certainly appreciate everything you've done and i and i think that um everybody else will too if they don't already so
1: well it's uh it's it's much appreciated um i know you can't take i know
0: you can't take a compliment but i'm gonna do it anyway
1: (laughs) i'm I'm gonna throw the laptop down and run away um yeah i'm just kind of happy like i mean for for me personally and i'll definitely if we chat again and go into art history uh for for me i think dark art came at that time when i was you know younger and going through a lot of shit Mm -hmm. and it was there for you It was. It was there for me much in the same way, you know, heavy metal was, or Mm -hmm. underground comics, or horror movies. You know, the the one thing that always kind of made me feel, you know... Like I had something special, you know. Growing up in super poor areas was my mom was a cr- is a crazy horror fanatic.
2: Oh wow, well, excellent! Yeah, w-
1: <laughs> when I was when I was five years old, she put me in front of the TV, turned on Night of the Living Dead, and said, "Watch this." Oh
0: wow, she's my favorite person already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just from <hearing> uh, that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and every time I, I mean, she follows she follows the creep. She's always going, "Yeah, that was crazy." She loves the shit. That's um, so cool. But it, it it felt like you met your people. And right. especially at that vulnerable point in time where you're like, you know, I'm a weirdo, people don't understand me. There are people out there that do. Right. You know, and they they need that connection as well. And that's when I think one of the most powerful things of the dark art community is is, you know, whenever you feel like you're alone, you're not. Right. You're surrounded by just a sea of these other like minded individuals that you know, honestly need your help to kind of feel normal sometimes too.
0: Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's same a, way. Yeah. It's, it's a way we all support each other, you know, and, and, yeah. and get through this crazy insane thing we're going through called life. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> so awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I can't thank you enough. This, ah, I can't wait to post this episode. People are going to, people are going to shit.
1: <laughs> well, so. thanks for having me. This was, <laughs> this was awesome. um, it's much appreciated, and uh, happy that the, the the podcasts are still going.
0: Yeah, um, it's doing really I, well. I definitely
1: think it's important.
0: Oh, great, great. That that that. Uh, yeah, that means a lot to hear you say it too. So, um, yeah, it's definitely it's it's doing really well. So, well, thanks again for being on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, uh, again, if you want to support <clears throat> financially, you can go to Patreon com slash dark art society and you can support for as little as a dollar a month and new things are going to be coming up on there we've got a new logo i've got a pin that that's going to be available for two subscribers coming soon i haven't announced it yet i guess i'm announcing it now but i haven't figured out the particulars with that but uh yeah you can do that you can share the podcast you can like it you can write reviews Everything helps, um, but particularly sharing it and telling people about it because this thing is definitely a word-of-mouth situation, and every time I do conventions, more and more people are coming up to me and talking about the podcast, so it's getting out there. Um, So thank you for for those of you who have uh, supported it and shared it and talked about it as well. So Anyway, thanks for listening, and thanks again, Josh, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye!